This episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast, is brought to you by Amasta Design, servicing clients domestic and international. Amasta is here to help you through the different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to amastadesign.com. Amasta, spelled A-M-A-S-T-A, design.com. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based business that can help you print books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press, an eco-friendly printing company. Go to www.rollingpress.com. Roro Cakes, specialty baking, little bites of yumminess, and indulgences. Follow Roro Cakes at facebook.com slash Roro Cakes and place your order today. Last but not least, Pancake Studios cuffing your audio recordings, production, mixing, and mastering needs. Pancake Studios set at the heart of Brooklyn also happens to be the home of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. And when we started the podcast, Jonathan made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Whether you're a musician, filmmaker, working in media like podcasting, look no further than Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. To be continued and Pancake Studios presents The Road to Justice featuring El Dorado and Apache Chief. Coming in November of 2017, the Justice League of America makes its leap into movies featuring Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, and Cyborg. The world's greatest superheroes take flight in their first silver screen team-up. But what of those heroes of the past, who may not be as fondly remembered by some? What of the token minority heroes that wowed children with daring do on Saturday mornings from years gone by? What are these lesser-known heroes' plans to celebrate the Justice League's triumphant Hollywood debut? Let's look into the apartment of one Ed Dorado Sr., a.k.a. El Dorado, as he is visited by an old Native American friend to find out the answer. Knock on I'm coming! I'm coming! <laughs> hey! It's the big chief! Come on in, man! E.D., it is good to see you again, my friend. I have brought with me many packs of Jack's Lynx beef jerky and craisins along with two cases of Deer Park water for our road trip. Jack Lynx! All right! That's, uh, that's the one with the Bigfoot in the commercials. Yes. I have communed with Sasquatch recently and he is displeased that his gentle nature has been misrepresented so. <laughs> I told you, you should have had someone with experience as an entertainment lawyer look over those contracts. <laughs> I know, you are but a gentle wood ape. Still though, I thought you said you knew John Lithgow. 
it didn't stop you from buying a crap ton of beef jerky, though. Buy two, get the third for half price. That's good savings. Sasquatch might be a friend, but he's not paying Apache Chief's bills. Are we ready to depart? Sure thing, man. My car's down the block. Do you still have that deal where you get a brand new Eldorado from Cadillac each year? After the car accident, they felt I was, uh, damaged as a spokesperson. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to hand over your insurance information to the lady. Screw you, sugar tits. I'm El Dorado. El Dorado. I was on the Super Friends show. Anyway, here's my car. Prius. An environmentally sound hybrid car. Hey, like you said, Cadillac ain't paying my bills. My friends, the owl and coyote thank you for caring for Mother Earth. The owl and coyote? What are they, like some new Native American superheroes? No. The owl and coyote are the eternal spirits watching over creation, despite man's rejection of wisdom that only I can communicate with as a powerful shaman. Also, Owl's my sponsor. It has been a great help, especially since my divorce. We will be at our destination soon. Oh, we got we got time, man. Don't worry. We pick up Black Vulcan in Newark, and then we get Samurai, and it's off to the premiere of Justice League. I can't believe it. A Justice League movie. And we're going to be there opening day. You are not angry that they chose not to include us in the film? You are not angry that we were not asked to come to the premiere? Yeah. You are not angry that the only way we can show up is because of Stephen and Mill's cousin Robbie not being able to make it? So he raffled off his tickets for charity and we are the highest bidders? Which is why we are driving across country instead of flying? Maybe. Turn on the radio. Very fun. And we are back. Welcome to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun today. June 6th, 2017, here at Pancake Studios with the usual crew. I, of course, am Miguel Alonso I've already introduced myself. I'm my co host. Here. Edward in here. Uh, very excited. That's the Wonder Woman thing. And our producer, Jonathan Brugara. Uh, if you clicked on this, you know that this is going to be our spoiler-filled review discussion oh, for man. Wonder Woman. Officially titled Road to Justice. Ro- part of our Road to Justice series. Part one. Part one of a multi-part where we'll be covering uh, the uh, the big name superheroes that will be appearing in this year's uh, Justice League Extravaganza, Leading which comes up out to in November. November, right? Uh, and the first one at the plate here is Wonder Woman, who had her movie drop on June second. Now we were all going to see it. Yeah, I saw didn't, it. You saw it. Didn't didn't work out that and way. And then uh, Navajo here. <laughs> I get a text <laughs> saying, I've been working to uh, work till what five thirty in the uh, morning. You're working all weekend, all weekend, and that was your even. that was your sort that was supposed to be your excuse. 
all weekend and even up to uh, last night up until this morning, 6 a.m. Well, what work. can I say? The life of life of a of a so music engineer producer, Jonathan. Break I these th- chains, Jonathan. Break <laughs> these chains. I think it's time you had a little talk with the people down at HR. Things might not be working out here for you. <laughs> it's no. possible that this company has moved on. Perhaps El- Mr. Eldorado, s- I'm sorry. Perhaps <laughs> we need to snip off a finger. Yours or mine? Yours? <laughs> you, you cannot fire me. Not that me. many people can quote uh, spies like us. Not many people can. You can't Nor fire should me. they, especially during a Wonder Woman review discussion. So this is going to be a spoiler-filled one, unfortunately, Jonathan, and we're going to go into God. it. No. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> any questions you want answered, we'll 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 give it to you. We'll give it away. Uh, one on one, of course, is one of DC's Trinity, and uh, me and Ed uh, have a a lot of appreciation for this character. The culture has a lot of appreciation for the character. She's been around for seventy five years, and is just now um, getting into the big screen. But <coughs> there'd been multiple iterations before, and now we have one. A film coming off of her last appearance, Wonder Woman, the character from Batman v Superman, uh, which um, have many have buzzed to be the best thing of the movie. Yeah, even people who didn't like end up liking Batman v Superman. <coughs> the tide started to turn because her casting of uh, of Gal Gadot oh, as as Diana was pretty controversial. Um, it got very very ugly. And it wasn't until many people were able to see her as Wonder Woman full on, not just a shot of her in the costume, you know, not just a, a, a test or something, but seeing like, oh, here's she is. Here's how they're going to present Wonder Woman. And she came off, I think, doing it with flying colors. So and it's perfect. Like, I think the a lot of the, the hater comments um, or many of those who said, oh, casting Gaul, uh, you know, I don't I don't like the way she talked or more so. Um, she's not bustier enough, and that was there that were was, some ugly stuff that came out of the fanboy world at that time. Mm. And that it's still going it on. seemed it's still to going indicate on. that a lot of people, when it you know on first glance, seem to think, and it shows you their how they view the character. Mm-hmm. It, they seem to want a combination of a UFC fighter mixed in with Linda Carter w- with a porn star's body. And those girls, those women are just a dime a dozen. Uh, you know, you can find them, whatever, right? Of course. <coughs> no. Uh, and there was like, oh, she should get breast implants. There was some really ugly stuff. Now, let's not pretend, however, that there wasn't reason. There were reasonable people who still had uh, skepticism, given that. Let's be honest. She hadn't really done a lot of stuff, and nothing that American audience would see. I know she had done some. Um, Hebrew language stuff in Israel. Well, yeah, Gal, Gal who um, she's you know, Miss Israel. Um, Miss Israel, right? And you know, she was in. Uh, <laughs> I, re- I, 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 as I was doing the research, I read up on her the stuff that was on Wikipedia. She was in she, Time Cop. <laughs> I'm not um, there's something called where she um, she's listening. You know, I'll, I'll bring up my laptop in a bit, but um, she was in. She, she they wrote wrote up something on her called Shalom Life, <laughs> which I believe is a publication in Israel. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll read the piece. I'll read the, the 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 piece on that. But she's she was in Fast Five. She was actually in Fast Four, the fourth Fast mm-hmm. and Furious of the franchise, and Fast Five, um, which by the way, she ends up with the Asian guy. In Fast <laughs> okay, <Five. laughs> good we, to know. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, here's here's a a woman, an Israeli uh, woman, spent some time. Um, as do most Israeli. Yeah, she did the compulsory IDF uh, stuff where right. she actually, if I remember called, uh, correctly, um, it was like a physical education background thing. Right. Uh, so, you know, people talk about, oh, she's not going to get in shape. She's just, and it's like, look, she had gone from modeling to acting. Not not wanting to do acting, she Right, says. you know, sort of, this was sort of a, just ha- so happened that she, right. she started... And, you know, there have been a lot of model actresses that right. turn out perfectly fine. Now, am I saying, oh, oh do you going to compare it to Charlize Theron? No, of course not. I'm not going to do that. But sh- the flack she took was pretty pretty hairy uh, when it first started. It didn't turn until Batman v Superman. But people were still have reason to be skeptical. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that was an unreasonable stance. I think that there are limits to it. You know, you can't. It got you know super personal. It's got oh her body, body shaming, a lot of weird, just the weird stuff that floats up whenever. And she's handled it any with, anything semi political or whatever brushes up against the. And I think world. she's handled it pretty gracefully. Oh yeah, um, yeah. She's, she's handled it um, like a pro. And the, um, the the gal that you meet in interviews is instantaneously you know charismatic. The camera loves her. You love her. Mm-hmm. She's personable. She's a she's a great choice, uh, despite uh, what even Patty Jenkins had said. Well, you know, I don't think I would have ended up casting Gal if it had been if I had been making this film from scratch. But then she said later on, I couldn't see anyone else doing the role, and it shows in the film that they must have had a very good relationship because they they work together really, really, really. And also from a female perspective, which by the way, <clears throat> um, our friend Anna, who lives in France, uh, our international correspondent. Um, they don't show Wonder Woman until the seventh or something. So um, we're gonna add her com- uh, add her review um, in at, at the tail end of this particular podcast episode. But um, I, I think that well, it, and it's good to have a, a you know we don't just want it to be it's the, important as we say the sausage fest. We don't and, want it to just yeah. be hey here are two guys two comic book geeks talking couple about of guys. It. And you know I've said like when go, going into production for this, I said I think it's important to have a girl's opinion on this all right um which by the way brings me back to to gal is that she's again she's handled this very spectacularly um but also the fact that she's a a, a, not just a woman she's a married she's a wife she's also a mother by the way i believe she was pregnant on some of the production uh well she just recently had the child yeah and then it was like have the child and then boom she's on like you know not that long afterwards on the red carpet mm-hmm. you know doing these premieres and stuff she still looks fantastic and uh, probably going to be still be called um, you know she's injured her back but she is going to be c- getting called back to uh, doing some of that reshoot stuff for Justice League right uh, but yeah she's she's a phenomenal choice uh, and it is we were having a discussion in the car it's a historical thing it's a historic thing yeah to have Wonder Woman be done after so many years, we said before on the and show about it, and have it directed by a woman, and also have by, it directed by, by a woman as well. Uh, you know, there are issues in Hollywood with giving you know certain talent the opportunities that maybe other people get a little more readily. Don't give me that's just a, on the Asians. That, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a given. It's a, it's something that is a phenomenon. And by the I'm, way, Jenkins, if you don't, if you guys don't know out there, <clears throat> she directed a movie back in two thousand three called Monster. 
Yes. Which gave um, Charlize, Charlize Theron, Theron the Oscar, her Oscar win. Uh, her Oscar win. For and the you know, everyone had an uh, you know suspected. Okay, well, this is the beginning of a great talent. But unfortunately, I have to say, you can't think about how many directors go on to make flop after flop after flop. Right? right? All right, male directors. Here she delivers an Academy Award nominated film. Yeah, I guess Charlene Theron's, you know, w wins it. Uh, but the film was also, I think, also nominated for other things, and it's a well-respected right. film. And yet, I don't think that her inbox was suddenly inundated with tons of work. No, that was to quite the point some where time. she had right. to then transit from transition from film to becoming um, a director and a director on uh, well-received television shows. I mean, right. she's done things like Breaking Bad and and on and on, but. It is the sort of like, well, why, why, you know, why didn't she have a, a Fincher's career or something like that? And I think, you know, it's not giving female directors the chance that they deserve too often. And, and equally, like that said, I think it's um, now she had a budget here of $149 million. I think the numbers are fudgy, but it, it's... As it's a, an as it's, date, a, it's a hundred plus today's million dollar movie. Today's of June 2017. Yeah. As of uh, to date, it's already made... Internationally, two hundred twenty-eight point three million. It's on its way to becoming a huge juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. This will. This uh, I'm not going to be surprised if if domestically, it you know, it reaches close to three hundred million, and then we'll see what the rest of the world delivers. And it'll be a very solid. I don't think this will hit a billion. Right. But it'll be respectable if it makes. I think that Identical they'll be. Numbers. I think they will be <laughs> jumping in the streets. If this if this does BVS numbers, well, already DC. I think if it if it, if right. it does a hundred eight hundred twenty million, they'll be like, yeah, we're more than happy with the way this this film. Well, works. this is this is the thing that's been speculated, right? Like, this is the movie that either makes or breaks the DC. Uh, yeah, DCU, and I think that universe. we'll get into uh, talk later about mm -hmm. uh, that. I think that reflects how the film was created, or you know what we see the end product. Uh, but you know, it's Wonder Woman. It's a long time coming, and. Uh, if I can just get a uh, a, a quick uh, impression of the character, one John. She aight. She aight. <laughs> she, she okay. That's well, I mean, but you're you're someone who never who you didn't read comic books growing up, right? You know, I, I read some comic books, but not not that much. But um, and I don't. You probably were, didn't even see the the Linda Carter show then. I think that that was off. I don't remember that, really being in syndication that's in the off 90s of, when you would be a kid. That's off of the radar of most millennials. Yeah. But I did watch uh, Carmen Sandiego. Not the same thing. Oh. Um, <laughs> they looked uh, the Did same you watch the <laughs> Justice League cartoon at all? Uh, no. No, you didn't watch the Justice League? Okay. I watched Spider-Man. I watched uh, Batman. Wait, you didn't I watch the Justice League cartoon? No, I don't. Oh, oh my God. Honestly, John? John? Teen Titans? Honestly, John, you should probably give the Justice League cartoon... A go, especially once it becomes Justice League Unlimited, it it's yeah, a phenomenal. It's, like it was in its time because this is like 2006 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like a show that was like better than some primetime TV shows. Two, uh, 22 minute cartoon, and yet they were like done covering. A good it's done. Um, uh, the the McDuffie and um, yeah, yeah, that's what Dwayne McDuffie Bruce when Tim, he came on Bruce Tim that all that they, stuff is fantastic. They they they, they, they the did a great they, version of Wonder Woman on that show. That's one. Yeah, it's they did, they did a good version of Wonder Woman. But so so, so okay, I, I, you're not super familiar with the character. I'm not super familiar, but here's one thing, and and I'm sort of glad it's not 
on the radar of the criticisms. But to me, I always had a feeling, like, growing up, that Wonder Woman was supposed to be the wholesome American woman. And so... Okay, I and that which was I can thin. understand I from that was the, interesting. I think I can understand yeah. from the iconography of her in the colors with the suit. Yeah, and I remember the more so the, than the girl Superman from the seven. Right. Yeah, from and the it's 70s, you know so you know like star spangled. Yeah, banner, like I can underwear. see that from the general. Like, if you don't like, like, like I I was telling you on the way here that most people aren't really super aware of her origin. Yeah, they know and they for, know all they know is okay. Wonder Woman lasso. Amazon. Yeah. Last so you see, that's so southern. That's so American. Man. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> but for yeah, good reason the, because I did, yeah. say, and this and this is a conversation, a previous conversation. Growing up reading comic books, and I did read some Wonder Woman, right? But because her origin has been so rebooted, and um, how many how many origin stories has she had? Right? You know, you have the silver. How many ages has she? Had? She really silver, is. Honestly, she has, a, she has a different golden, ages. Silver, bronze, and modern. But I think her her origin has been consistent from the beginning. It's the bring to life thing. It's it's a Pygmalion thing. Okay, right. Uh, and the only rig big has been the recent whole Zeus thing, which, as far as I know, might even be have been re- retconned as we speak. Mm-hmm. So, um, but now your but your impression of the character over that, other than the origin, um. Linda Carter was pretty much the 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 gateway to all of that, right? Okay. Um, growing up in the eighties and the late and also in the late seventies, also I was born in seventy four. Linda Carter was that on would the be screen. on yeah that was in syndication rotation right. yeah syndication that's where that's where it was you know more so than um, than it, just as much as sixty six Batman was right right um, and then you watch Linda Carter and you know as a kid you really don't. You you don't you don't the see the is not, you, don't see you, don't you don't see it you don't see it at all you take I mean, everything at where we even where we even um where till this day we still talk about Deborah Winger as Don, as Donna Troy <laughs> and yet I go yeah you know I'm surprised that spoiler Donna Troy is not in this movie spoiler all, okay right? uh but uh uh you know so and beyond the Carter show any other your your um, your your, well, your perception of the there, character the George Perez run uh, some of the stuff that John Byrne did. Um, and then, of course, the Justice League, um, uh, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Um, that was pretty much the, you know. Oh, oh of course, Alex Ross. Alex okay. Ross's uh, um, those various his, those his, oversized print books he did. His yeah. treatment on Kingdom Come. On oh, Kingdom Come, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that really gave you a very deep understanding into, at least for me. Who I, I agree. I think that the Alex Ross I always put to, in my mind gave me the great dividing line of the character. Right. She's the ambassador of peace, but she's also the ultimate mistress of war. You know, that that's those are the two sides of her. And that's the two big strains, I think, in the versions of the character going going on and on. Well, you, know, you brought up about Pygmalion, right? Yeah. So this is this brings about the or the, the question about her her status. Is she human? Is she uh, she's a de- she's a demigod demigoddess type character, now, yeah. The last few several, the last few panels in Kingdom Come, uh, Clark and Diana, they've already they've already become a couple at this point. Right. Yeah. She's pregnant. Then, so they take Bruce out to lunch. Yeah. Bruce orders a steak, and as he's cutting and putting the steak into his mouth, um, Diana, so, Diana says to Bruce, um, "Bruce, we have something to tell you." And Bruce says, "What? You're pregnant." And they're surprised, and it's like, well, how can you tell? Well, I can see from the the the. the well, he doesn't say the, it, but the they, they, they 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 he doesn't say that, but you see it. That's the show don't tell thing. Oh, sure, okay, right. He, he he's like, you know, he's oh, you put on weight. There were other, 
There were a lot of in the, in there were other indications. Well, then they have that little close up on the white hair, which pretty much indi- I think I think indicates either she, she's lost her virginity well, she, or well, she's become her more or her, she's she's gained right. mortality uh, at the cost of becoming pregnant child, or right. something, whatever the case may be. Um, By alien, you're, <laughs> you're, but uh, I would say your conception, my conception are are pretty close because. For me, the real getting into the nitty-gritty of Wonder Woman was the post-crisis, was the George Perez stuff, was him, you know, pulling a Walt Simonson and then Thor, which was to make it uh, a little more fantasy-based. And so for me, Wonder Woman has always... is Superman's the... Superman is the Hercules Messiah. Batman is the swashbuckling Avenger mm-hmm. of the night. Wonder Woman is the daughter of myth and magic for me. That's her, that's her milieu. You know, if a modern-day superhero is going to, you know, fight a real mystical dragon, if a modern-day superhero is going to travel into a world of trolls or fairies, if a modern-day superhero is going to, you know, fight old gods or something, well, to well, me, that's Wonder Woman's, that's her niche. That's what she does. About that, because it's we're dealing with magic in the, in the, DC, um, right. in the DC universe. Her and Shazam never really cross paths in terms of because they're both magical they products. Did, of you know, the, there was a story War of the Gods that they did where they they went into the idea that they are all like both her and Shazam are similarly empowered by deities. Uh, you know, so you know, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, wise as Athena, swift as Mercury, stronger than Hercules, and more beautiful than Aphrodite herself. Mm. Shazam is, you know, the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules. Shazam, are you talking about Shaquille O'Neal, right? You know what? Since you didn't watch the movie, you're limited to just one one monkey wrench per. One micro wrench per. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, they they, they went into a whole thing other than being similar type characters, you know, as part of their mythology, Um, which again, is the version I'm more is is that sort of more nitty gritty? Her as yes, the Amazons are about uh, you know a transcendent love and peace, but they will also kick your ass. You know what I mean? Like that. That's the conception of the character going forward from like the '86 reboot. And this film, I think, had uh, getting right into the film. Well, but, but uh, before uh, you get into the film, though, okay. there's one more thing um, that I wanted to point out about impression. Now, uh, impressions with Wonder Woman. A lot of the Wonder Woman stuff that I grew up as a child and a lot of stuff a lot of the, the DC stuff that I grew up as a child comes from the who's who okay yeah and one of the earlier jokes from our uh, you know from when we first became friends is like yeah you know, what is it with like you know they talk about Paradise Island and they go through the different uh, uh, the different facilities in the islands here's their scientific like uh, facility <laughs> and you see these women in togas and they're doing like yeah they've got doing chemistry they've got beakers and beakers stuff and got. stuff like that and that's another thing it's like they're they they, they have advanced technology yeah i mean again they've had they've they've been a mixture of science and magic like atlantis um cuz she's got an invisible invisible right but i think what perez's thing was perez pushed it a little more towards the warrior woman thing mm. uh and a little less of the like that sort of weird 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, like you said, scientists and togas. Someone's raising their hand. Yep. Yes, John? Legit, not a monkey wrench. Where did this whole, like, uh, representation of, like, Americana come from? About her? Well, essentially it comes World down War to the II? fact that her conception is from the war. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. It's from so World War II. Golden Age. 
And the they had a whole thing is like, oh well, the, they made the suit like the American flag because yeah, she's yeah. going to the country, and that's <laughs> the Amazonian. So like, I w- so I wasn't wrong to be like, oh, you know, she yeah, no, and like, again, the iconography of her, you yeah. can see her. There's a lot of flag stuff. Oh no, she there's was a lot of cheesecake. She was punching out Nazis, and you know, Leslie again, Linda Carter is a big thing as the embodiment of that. Yeah, where she's just this stone cold girl next door, you know. Well, there's Blue also eyes. there's also a lot of the imagery, a lot of the golden age imagery where. She's this, leading American troops in the battle, uh, being bound by Nazis. Well, yeah, there's that Ooh, as well. Okay, we'll get okay. because that was hey, a very that's a hey, v- browsers browsers that's <laughs> very much a part of her. Uh, um, um, a lot of the that is a, all the, the subtext from the creator. Who, all right, you know, like I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to load down the front front end of this with a lot of stuff about James Olton Morrison. Yeah, uh, uh, William Olton Morrison, uh, who. Oh, yeah. He had a wife, Elizabeth, and then they had this... Um, By the way, the inventor of the lie detector. Uh, yes, that his, oh, well, his theories just went into practice for it. Um, uh, he and his wife, uh, Marston and his wife, uh, they had a, like a live-in assistant called uh, Olive Byrne. Yeah. And sure. they were involved <laughs> in a menage a trois, a... A love troika. from her mind. My. Yeah. And, one of those relationships. And his whole thing is he had very peculiar ideas about... Where society was going, uh, ideas about social hierarchies and dealing with gender, and his whole thing was, uh, well, there needs to be uh, more feminine energy in the culture, and so Wonder Woman becomes this, you know, his early issues of it are as much about some strange psychosexual stuff as anything else. I Again, he made her weakness that, you know, she, you know... Oh, she's bound by a man. She loses her power. She's always tying up other people to submit them to love. It's okay. Kind of I mean, and again, I'm not saying that that's that that's necessarily untouchable these days, or that you have to excise that from the character totally. At the same time, I don't think that that was ever what made the character. It helped. Sex sells. I don't think that his mission. I don't think he accomplished it, um, <laughs> and I don't think it ever was like, yeah, I'm. I, uh, again, it's a fine line because her part of her appeal ha- is always it's this weird thing. Again, t- the dichotomy: she is a feminist icon mm. of female empowerment. She's been used for a lot of cheesecake. Right. I mean, if you look at some of the artists' renditions over the years, where it's like you know. That that bikini outfit gets smaller and smaller. The the thing the the back end goes up. The, her the crack of her ass, you know, higher and higher. I, you it know, still it is. continues to this day to be. Um, I want to use the word subjugated, right? Like or when? where uh, artists will take liberty, creative liberty to give her big uh, a bigger bust, a bigger butt, a bigger butt, small uh, a smaller fuller lips, fuller. everything else, which is. Why I think part of the backlash for Gal happened. Because if you look at a lot of quote-unquote traditionals, like, that's not traditional Wonder Woman, and you would put up, like, Brian Bolland's version of Wonder Woman, or, like, Silver Age stuff, and the proportions were not at all. You know, this... this They weren't at all close to what Gal Gadot was before she started training. this crystallizes even more with Linda Carter. You know, it's like in... um, Yeah, Carter wasn't, you know... I mean, outside of... uh, Again, outside, let's be honest, she was a bustier woman. Outside of that, Linda Carter wasn't some gymnast physique. Uh, you know, she had a model's physique. Right. And, you she know? Had to, but she, and she had to run in that thing. Okay. And she had to run in that thing. <laughs> I was running around her. Okay, but again, so getting into the film, right. you know, uh, proper about... So, 
we we have a film now based on this character everyone's been waiting for Jenkins directed and overall impressions uh, of the film uh, I'll start with you Ed since you're the only other person I can't talk I to because Jonathan didn't see it again I did I can. right before uh, as we were coming here Miguel Jonathan I was e- my smile was ear to ear okay <laughs> A lot having to do with the performances with the movie. What are the first things that pop out? Because um, the er, the I think the first act of this movie starts off on Themyscira, which is Paradise Island, and they don't even and um, mm, Trevor uh, Chris Pine, by the way, who plays um, Steve Trevor. And the, by the way, this the 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 timeline of this movie takes place and world uh, during World War One, um, not World War Two, but World War One. Which is in been, Flanders Field, which is be, which is called, which Might, has been deemed the world, the war to end all wars, right? So at the time, yeah, that was time. its billing. <laughs> the, Le- the League of Nations came out of that. Yeah. Well, Wood- Woodrow Wilson, that was a, that was a whole thing. So, um, and I said, Chris Pine's synergy comes up, right? And you're like, he's just making you smile. The little, the the the, the siege on. The well, again, siege. again, let's we'll get into the character, oh, we'll get into the actors. The general impressions general of the impression. film. I was giddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. The dialogue, characterization, um, the look and feel, the action was just so electric. Who wants to see it again? Oh, it's gonna be me. Oh, I want to see Definitely. it. I definitely right, want to well, see it again. We're going. Okay. Um, <laughs> tonight, even more so, and for someone like my wife, who by the way, she took off of work so that we can go watch it. It was important to her that she'd watch uh, that that she that she watched it and saw it and came out and she was equally as mes- mesmerized m- nice. mesmerized by it, by it. So um, overall positive. Now, what are the cons of this? Because you're 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 watching something like this and you go, what a, you know? Um, it's overall mostly positive. Um, eh, but nothing is perfect. Score, yeah, nothing's perfect. If yeah. you give a score, I'd give it about like you know, 95, right? So what about that f- other 5%? And I said straight up, um, what doesn't get, um, I think, uh, refi- what needs more refining is perhaps the, there are these scenes where Patty Jenkins takes, right? So um, a lot of heroes, they walk away from an, ex- from an explosion here you get Gaul. Um, this is one of the lo- the last scenes where she fights Ares. Explosion behind her. There's wind just blowing through her beautiful, luscious hair. And I'm like, I get it. I understand. She's beautiful. Maybe it's God. Patty, you don't have... Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, you know, you don't have to beat it over my head. I, she's beautiful as... A, she's beautiful. I get it. I understand. You don't have to do that. There are those scenes like they go out of their way to make this like glamour shot. And, it's like, a well, glam- the camera yeah. already loves this woman. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't take much. On, but right. I, I, I on, understand on what it's that, getting. The, at. On top of that, in terms of um, in, uh, if you're nitpicking, it's always the um, and this is what Marvel has problems with. It's always the problem with the villainy, right? Um, here and it's very difficult. I understand. So uh, the, the villain here is Ares, and uh, who's uh, played by David Thewlis. Spoiler. Well, um, uh, 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 af- after being the the film d- doing a switcheroo on you, sure, he gets outed, right? Well, no, not outed so much as you think that the you think that Danny you think Houston's the real the villains of the film are two other characters. Right. You think that they're the ones that are the real big opponents, and then it turns out that they are not. Right. 
so then so that so that that's one thing and then of course like the i, I understand that probably the difficulty is what happen what do you do when your main protagonist who is an, is is all about love and wisdom also happens to be the um the god uh, killer uh, uh, the, 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 um, also happens to be the living embodiment of war so we're watching this and then they show like uh, towards the beginning of the movie they, sh they, they show you the sword where you know the sword is basically um, an artifact that um, the, the it's Amazonians a MacGuffin that the, the story leads you to, is to think is one thing and it turns out that it is not right the sword which they call the god killer I'm looking I'm, I'm watching this and I say to my wife you know what she's the god killer <laughs> it's like you know, can i see the god killer okay they show her the god killer i'm like you know what that's not the god killer. that's not the god she's killer, the god exactly. killer so that's that that's also the so what she, and any other any other cons any other cons um so for that said pretty much it's the the i'm nitpicking at the the, the villainy and 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 the way mm -hmm. it's done the the execution of how the last battle is perhaps okay um but again, it's like, I understand it's a difficult thing because you know, you're taking um, the... It's 75 years of continuity and other things. There are a lot of expectations. For myself, uh, as I took it on the film, I was like you. When you said smile on your face, I'm not going to lie. I told you in the right over. I was like, I cried a couple times. You do a lot of crying. I do a lot of crying because these, are, these, these characters are very man. important to me. It's very important to me. All right? You know? I'm an 80s guy. <laughs> in an 80s world. And then he's, uh, but uh, uh, you know, very happy with how it all turned out. Given some of the behind the scenes, you know, the the fan reaction to the DC movies, which it doesn't really matter to me what other people think, but it, it's it's nice to see that I liked it and that I I didn't come away disappointed. You know what I mean? And you know, as I told you before, Wonder Woman for me is something about. In live action for DC, for some people it's Aquaman, for me it's Wonder Woman that says, we're all in. We're going to give you every out there concept because here in our main three biggest heroes we got, known throughout the world, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, we've seen Superman stories before, everyone's used to it, everyone, they're on board no matter what. You could do a Superman movie without ever talking about that he's from Krypton and it would be fine, people would know. Oh yeah, Superman, he's from Krypton, that's why he does this. Batman, same thing. Everyone knows the origin. Wonder Woman people were not familiar with the origin. And it's got some out there stuff in it. The gods and an island full of all women and in a modern context, the permutations for that. <laughs> there's a lot of subtext. There's all this other stuff. And it's like, well, are they going to do that? Are they going to? And they do some things I think that I found interesting to simplify. They get rid of the gods in a way, kind of like off screen. Uh, you know, uh, which which is a brilliant move, by the way. But uh, but, but again, uh, a ballsy too. They don't even show her uh, being molded from clay. That's right, exactly. They kind of give you a whole like the idea that you know. Oh well, whoa, 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 they can mine. Hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Molded from clay. Yeah. Okay. Well, she let's made from clay. Is let me it? give you the origin of Wonder Woman, Jonathan. In a nutshell. In a nutshell, here, uh, Wonder Woman is uh, her people are the Amazons. And they were the Amazon warriors of Greek myth. And oh, Greek myth, okay. And they that's her world, that's her milieu. And so the Amazons go through a, a, a period where they're enslaved for a while. 
Uh, they get free of that slavery, and the gods gift them, uh, because they kept their faith or whatever, with a place called Paradise Island, Themyscira. Which is, fr- which is invisible to, to the rest of humanity. You can't get it from the outside world. Right. No one comes or goes. Mortals and, and men are not women. allowed. All women. All women. Oh. They have these perfect immortal bodies, and they spent thousands of years on that island time, refining themselves. Also. The queen was a warrior queen, is the warrior queen from mythology, Hippolyta. And... She eventually, you know, pangs, you know, pines for a daughter, pines for a child. And so she asks the gods to, you know, to hook her up. And they do. And they tell her basically to take the clay of the island, which is magical, shape it into uh, the form of a child, which she does perfectly. Ashes and then the gods, dust to dust. the gods then bring that child uh, to life. And then the child is also on top of being brought to life by the gods is empowered by the gods with certain aspects and things. Like I said, they uh, wise as Athena, stronger stronger than Hercules, as swift as Mercury, and more beautiful than Aphrodite herself. This has been brought to you by Millennial Moment. Millennial Moment, yes, Millennial <laughs> Moment, when we have to explain these things. And so the girl grows up on the island. She's trained by all these Amazon warriors and all their arts and all their you know things. She's their ultimate... And essentially, a part of the sort of the the, 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 the the tale, which they I love that they had this in the film. The film did two things I loved that I've been saying they want that should be very important to the Wonder Woman mythos. One is this: is that her relationship, since Wonder Woman is not a father tragedy. I mean, even if you notice in Superman films and in Batman films, right? We concentrate on the father. Almost so. It isn't until the everyone complains about the Martha moment, but up until that moment. No one gave two craps about Bruce Wayne's mama on film ever. And they actually said, no, you know, actually, yeah, his mother died too that day. Um, Wonder Woman's thing is, again, it's not father, father tragedy or separation from the father. It's her connection to her mother. And the whole thing with Wonder Woman and Hippolyta's relationship, in my opinion, has always been Hippolyta is the lesson parents need to let go that... Her whole thing is she knows that her child... The gods don't gift clay babies with superpowers if they don't have plans for it later on. So she's always known, on some level, I think. The interpretation could be she's always known. My child will have to leave here and go into danger. She's going to do everything she can, just like all parents. I'm going to do everything I can to prepare her for that day. But when it comes time to actually let go, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. And the idea of her... The, the Hippolyta Wonder Woman story is the parent learning that the child is a separate entity on its own and she's going to go off to your her own destiny and uh, well, I have no control over that and they have that in the film which I love and, they, and that's that's why I was so worried about the Zeus connection because even but he hears that conversation by not having right? Zeus right. there and all the rest of that it concentrated on the in other words the core part of the character we learn with Diana is the relationship with her mother right and you so see, uh, so instead of having Zeus be the father and then that like overshadowing things, which I was worried about, it did be, being like, and they're all gone. It's like, okay, yeah, now all our focus will be on who her mother is, what her relationship with her mother is. And the way we see be. that in the movie is uh, the conversation with her and, 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 and Trevor. It's like, well, what about your father? Well, I have no father. I was brought to life you know, by so Clay and everything. And, he's, and this is everything, he says it all in this one little phrase. Well, that's neat. Well, that's <laughs> that's it. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, uh, so so that's Wonder Woman's story in a nutshell. She's she's from the she's from the mythology magic side of like the DC universe. Okay. Nice. Back yeah. to the movie proper. Uh, 
I enjoyed it immensely, but we had this conversation in the car ride over, and I'm of the opinion that it's a solid, solid movie. I th- I'm not sure I buy quite the level of hype right now that there is about it. Um, I think that, as I was saying, I was judging it separate from its important cultural context. Right. Its cultural context, it, absolutely, I understand. I'm My heart's there as well. First big budget female superhero it is the first female superhero going out there uh, this character that is a means a lot within pop culture uh, to, 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 girls, to, to, to young women. women to older women who are fans who've been wanting to see this you, for a long time you know it's amazing that it this movie in 2017 broke down a lot of barriers and I, I'm like wow 2017 it should have happened I think the way we it's talk crazy. about it, I mean in Hollywood there's always this talk of you know oh well these female films don't sell and there are always the exceptions. And it's like, how many exceptions do you get until it becomes like, no, maybe it's your point of view on this that's off. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like, ah, you know, female action movies don't sell. Ripley comes along. Well, female action movies don't sell except Ripley. You know, and then every, how many action films with a kid, you know, Linda, you know, Linda Hamilton comes out. You know, like you said, aliens. we get aliens. Right. Okay. We get you know, and on and on, and we get the bride from from the Kill Bill films, and on and on and on. And it was like, oh, these female action films don't sell, and it's like, now here it is. We're in the superhero age. Oh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil again. We've had big franchise. We've had female these. Lead. We've had female led, and it's like, there is no other counterpoint when a male driven franchise fails. No one ever says, well, that failed, and therefore that will color. Us greenlighting any male franchise, you know, yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah. The second a female-led franchise, you know, like there was that film uh, uh, out a few years ago with um, Zoe Saldana, uh, Colombiana, mm. which didn't do well. And of course, because it didn't do well, everyone said, "Well, you see, see, we'd like to make female-led action films, but you know, this one failed." It's like, yeah, but what about the five before that were profitable? And so here we have this film, like you said, in 2017, we have Wonder Woman. We're in the age of superhero films as action films. Why does it feel like so much is riding on this film? Uh, because because a, there silly. actually was a lot riding on this film. Though, but that's silly, uh, we've know? talked about it on the show before. She's There's the no flagship way. for She's the for flagship women female pop, character for, for, for DC for Warners. And like we said, yeah. it will affect Captain Marvel. Yeah. Good, bad, and different. Whether they go, to, oh, we got we to gotta do it just like that, or... Uh, they did that. Let's do the opposite. It's going to affect the Captain Marvel movie, and it's going to affect a lot of these other uh, uh, projects going forward. Because you'll, they'll, you're more likely to see a green light on both those sides. I mean, look, there's a the film is doing well. So guess what? It's not just Captain Marvel. I think that Kevin Feige right now is probably is looking through like the five or six already pre 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 approved <laughs> scripts they already had for Black Widow. That's just like. We have them. We're just not going to pull the gun on them. Now it's like, oh, Wonder Woman did over 120 million dollars its opening weekend. Eh, well, now it's a- all about preempting. Okay, preempting, here's right? our Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye script. <laughs> let's get that into production and right away. You know away. what? Joss Whedon, being uh, a pro- a proto feminist, uh, well, of course, he's going to he's already going to get his hands on Wonder Woman with uh, the Justice League whoa, film. Whoa, whoa, right. whoa! Put his hands on. No. Well, yeah, anyway, <laughs> and and he's going to handle Batgirl. But again, back to this movie. Back well, to yeah, this yeah. Film. You were saying I wanted to, to to pick your 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 brain about that. You were talking about the hype. Right? Yes, that now, I'm trying to judge it separate from the cultural context, not putting down that context. Because the understanding hype is how much, much it what means. you're talking about are trolls. You, I mean, I call them fan trolls, right? Yes, yes. The fan trolls that and and that has to be broken down a bit because 
it's a huge. Um, uh, the film had a lot. I, I'm not. Critical I think reception the, is. I huge. think. The, I think the context of when you we we're talking the cultural context. You're saying is how much people have been looking forward to it. How much meaning the barriers you were talking about it breaking. On that level, yes, I, there's that judgment of it. But then you have to judge the film in and of itself away from that context, I think, as important as that is to play into it and say, what did this film do right? What did it do wrong? Away from that. You know, they could have done this, they could have done that. And some of the social context stuff is going to get in there anyway. Right. But still, on its whole, I believe that I really enjoyed the film. I think it's very solid. I don't think it quite has reaches the level of a lot of the hype that's talking about. Well, again, it but the hype is it's transcendent. Much it's the, the most, film that the, the world needed movie. now. Yeah, you know that's I, that's marketing one on one. Yeah, I, that's, 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 see, that's that's the Hollywood machine see, at work. But see, I'm also seeing that in the online world, and maybe that's part of the hype making it about that it has to ride or die. You know, so to speak. Well, that's the other part. Is maybe that, that is, is that part of culturally the, hype. the online fanboy the world and discussion these things, John? Is very like it's like, dude. None of you guys have money on this. All right, don't <laughs> let's let's bring the intensity level down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, the future I, of women depends on this movie. Exactly. You, know? yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, really, yeah, as important yeah, as it is, yeah, it's yeah. not. That's not. Believe me, there. Yeah, yeah. It some some young Pakistani girl's life is maybe not going to be changed right. by Wonder Woman, and that's no, all. It's true. And, and that's all what? I want to bring up. Way, by the way, about that, <laughs> you know, Lebanon has banned this movie. Right. Yes. Because she fought with the Israeli forces. That's 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 fact. Yeah, there are yeah, yeah there there are some interesting that's real crazy, world yeah. dipping in. But again, overall, very happy with the film. Uh, Jenkins directed the heck out of us. The story flowed very smoothly, and starting with the biggest part of of it, uh, we talked about her a little bit about her already. But uh, Gal Gadot as Diana, aka Wonder Woman, who by the way they they Diana never, Prince. <laughs> they never ever call her Wonder Woman in the movie. I know, which is interesting. I know um, they bear, like she. She well, put it this way: the Dinah Prince came off. We finally, we finally get an origin of her name. Well, I mean, they had, they've had it in the past. There've been other well, origins. Well, it like but a rational origin. It's like I'm Diana, Princess of them. No, oh, right, and they cut her Prince. off there. Yes, yeah, so sort of the the how about Superman? You know, like you know, excuse which me. by the that was a, a lot of charming little scenes because because she's here. She is in the modern world, and she's got nothing but a cloak covering her. Covering right, that, we got to get you into hers. something else because you look crazy. You <laughs> now, um, that's the that's the part about Gal that in the film. However, anyone wants to think about the performance, I happen to think that she did a good job of. Jenkins did a good thing of establishing the a lot of the character stuff with those younger girls, who played the younger versions yeah, of yeah, Diana. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my god! Which the the youngest one is a dead ringer for Godot when she was. That age. No, the second one or the first one? The first one. Looks exactly like her. So ridiculously cute So and cute, so wonderful. They did a great job there. And Godot, uh, but because they, they... So there's a lot of dramatic weight that's in those two other actresses. Yeah, yeah. And then for the character, we establish her capabilities. Mm. So you have a lot of respect for Diana already. With, before Godot, uh, she uh, 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 opens her mouth and says anything. And what was great was she was able to be this character who was... Capable, but still green. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to even use the term naive because I think that might be uh, a little too negative. What? Um, I would say super idealistic. Very idealistic, super capable. Right. Thinks she can take on the world. They can take on well, any problem. The, the perfect scene is where she storms into the um, the, the war room. Right. And she's talking. Stuff. To, she, 
she right in their faces tells right, off exactly. the generals. Like, she's generals in from where I come from. Don't they, they, exactly. Hide and, and that's they did. And she did good. That was the other part. So she has the idealistic part, mm. which again, that's a that's a a a, a balance. She can't mm. be too sappy, but she she can't be. She's from another world. Uh, exactly, from another. Yeah, but, there, but there's also even within that world the idea that she only knows as much as that world knows, and she's worldly in that world. Again, even in that world, she's not like a Namby Pamby. She's not a Pollyanna, right. you know. Um, which, by the way, they, they which, which was they good. over. It's like, well, how do you speak English? Right. We no, speak we speak hundreds thousands of languages. Of language. They've had thousands <laughs> of years there. Uh, and so she pulls the, the 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 idealistic part off. She pulls uh, she pulls off all of the charm that you want from Wonder Woman. She's matter of fact. She's again. It's again. It's a hard thing to like. She's not. There's a. There's a. There's a trope. A recent uh, coining of a term online, and I would suggest anyone go out and re, uh, look this up on YouTube. I forget the, who the author is, but it's a great video. Uh, he calls it the trope "born sexy yesterday," and essentially, it's the trope of the uh, mostly in fantasy films of the super duper ultra sexy two thousand year old. No, ultra sexy <laughs> yeah. uh, female character who's usually fantasy based in some kind. She's Barbarella. a robot. Barbarella. She's she's a robot. She's from another world. She's an alien. She is exotic in some way, wise and beyond the world. But because she does no real connection to the world, is also a bit of an can be an airhead. And of well, course, that's any average she's then in these stories usually teamed with an average dude who he's there's usually nothing well, special we about him. In, and then what happens then is because he's not a special dude, but because she's new to the world, he's the most amazing person in the world. And we see this in a lot of fantasy type stories. We are not even fantasy. It has to be. It can be like a regular contemporary movie. We see that in Mannequin. We see that in um, yeah. It's uh, that. Uh, this is it we is see that in a uh, Pretty Woman. It's that kind of it's there's it's and like, this is the this is a problem I think this is a, a again a fine line that this type of story with Wonder Woman has to go with mm. because it's like ah uh, we if she's like falls at his feet for every little thing she it's not so amazing I've never seen it Ish, that doesn't come off well you want them to have a relationship though what I'm saying is that she can't the naive idealism thing that I'm she new to the world too gullible. it can't exactly it's not it can't be too gullible it can't be that oh he's just amazing because he, she she thinks she's an amazing man because he's the first man she's ever met you know what I'm saying and they do that well with the with the relationship and that's also on pine as the next part of 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 the film because Godot handles all the heroic stuff the 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 physicality uh, again the, the 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 idealism of Diana well but what also works is they work her well with Pine. The dialogue, yeah. how the back and forth is between them. He has a character... And there's a lot of back and forth. Um, I, I, I think the first scene that they have together... Uh, and I'm not talking about like you know when she rescues him or when when she mm -hmm. rescues him. Which is a great scene. I the love scene where he's in the in, in, in the bath. Oh, right, yeah. Right, and she walks in... And again, there's that. Again, there's that. Like, well, you know, nudity well, is yeah, not that, a big thing here. Well, one of the things about that scene, Ed, is we were talking about how the Donner film is a, a lodestone for Jenkins in this movie. As she said, it's very influential. There's a lot of homage stuff in it, and without a doubt, that scene of them uh, talking in the cave is not too dissimilar in a lot of the stuff that was going on in the interview portion in oh, the penthouse. Right, right. <laughs> 
between <laughs> Lois and Clark. Between Lois and Clark. It's between like, Lois and Superman. It's like, uh, so um, um, uh, how big are you? I mean, how tall are you? <laughs> pink. Yeah, I like here pink. what we get is like, uh, what is that thing? What is that thing? Yeah, he's, I, oh, as he's covering his, his, his jewels. Right. And it's like, oh, you mean my watch? Right. You've never uh, seen a watch wah, before. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and then they do a whole thing where it's like, it's like, what, what was it for? It's like, well, it tells What's me it tells time. time. So you let that little thing tell you where to go, when to eat, when to go. And of course, we know the subtext of what's going on. If you're a kid in the theater, you probably don't get it. But if you're over the age of 14, I hope you got the jokes on the subtext that was going on there. Mm-hmm. And again, he kills us that he kills it as again as the fact that Steve Trevor is a thankless job as a character. Because again, right, he right. dies at the end. Well, not just that; it's a thankless job for this question. He is the Lois Lane of the Wonder Woman mythos. He's more than that, though. He's the Wonder Woman of the Lois Lane mythos. That's can who I, he can is. I, can I he gets into trouble way, about that. But Lois Lane is an important choo- person. And that she is. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But the I'm, reverse... Get, can, I, can I get why it's important? Let me explain this, okay? Please do take another 15 yes, minutes. Yes, I will. I will take another 15 <laughs> minutes here. The reason why it's a thankless job is because this. As I said, he is the, he is the, he is the lowest lane of the mythology. And unfortunately, it's a different position to put a male character in that position than a female character. Wonder uh, Lois Lane is spunky and she's got moxie and she gets into situations mm-hmm. and uh, she gets in over her head and then she needs Superman to save her. That's just how it is. With Steve Trevor, you've got I'm the man of action colonel in the United States well, military. Says, I'm above average, right? right. <laughs> Fine, but that's the thing. If you then get him continually into trouble over his head, yeah. there's an emasculation thing going on. And while that might play well with some of the female audience, would be fine. Yeah, I want the woman to be out there in front, and it's fine if the man looks like an incompetent boob. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman has to have a female, a male demographic coming to this movie too. And so you have males who are like, "Uh, well, Trevor is not coming off too well here. If you make him a dunce, an idiot, a fool, you undermine not only his character, but you undermine Wonder Woman's because then it's like. What is she seeing in this complete idiot? With Superman, it's not the same. With Superman, it's, oh, you know, Lois is moxie. She can match him. She gets into trouble because she's a reporter. Uh, I don't think you could have done Trevor differently than what they did in the film. Okay, that's that's a great, great point. And again, the fact that Pine pulled it off says something about how they wrote the character and how he performed it because he comes off with flying colors. Now, Pine is, by the way... He's, and this is the SNL joke. He's one of four Chris's in Hollywood right now. Too many now, damn Chris's right now. Um, yes. That are in, yeah. that are involved in mega movie box and office hits, superhero stuff. Because too. he is Kirk. He is our he is our contemporary Kirk right now. He's right? Kirk. On he's top of that, Trevor. Pine is now. I know that you've had some reservations when he uh, when he was given uh, Kirk. I, right. I like no, Chris talk- Oak better, by the way. <laughs> one monkey wrench. One monkey, monkey wrench. wrench. Okay, Wait. so. <laughs> but yes, now, uh, I, I had my reservations about him and still think that he's doesn't have the same presence that I want from Kirk. But again, I've never but said he, he was bad. I never said he right, ruined okay, those films. Fine. He's, he's, now, he's a fine performer. Pine, and he's Pine great is, in this film. Pine is an excellent, um, he's an excellent actor. Uh, he did a movie called Hell in High Water, uh, which I don't, yeah. I don't believe a lot of movies saw. Um, that got got a lot got of got a lot of very good reviews in it. Yeah, for his first performance as Kirk, um, here's his. He's come off as this like really embodiment of like, I'm this dashing blonde haired. It's a modern dude, bro. Uh, thing. Modern dude, bro. Thing, you know. Um, uh, now, it works though. It works, and he's good at it. 
and, and I think it's perfect casting with what what Patty's done because now, you needed that spoilers. Type. You needed that spoilers. Type. Trevor doesn't make it right uh, uh, at the end of the movie, and this is a it's more it's not it's beyond meta emasculation. The, Patty takes because it's a it's a it's a girls movie. It has to be a girls movie. All right. Now, yes. To some extent, so you're saying that she put she took the uh, girlfriend and fridge thing and put it on its ear. Uh, well, he is a device. I think very much so. Uh, Trevor is a device. You know He's what I'm talking about? Women in fridges, right? Yeah. Okay. Or I'm just saying that it, that instead of having the female sacrifice to instill the male character right. to reach the the heights of mm-hmm. heroism, here they reverse it. Yeah. Uh, they establish. I like that. You know. It still nods to the original continuity, the original, the, what the classic version of the characters are, which is, hey, Steve Trevor is her love interest, blah, and blah, this blah. Is, this is the big but part they give him a gravitas because now the character is is dead. We're not even going to see in a future film what they were able to do, with, say, with the Captain America character. Well, we may... Where, where, where Cap got to, well, you see, know, I was, was, was away from Peggy... But he got he to is, get a. He Trevor got to get is a, the anti. He is the Bizarro. He's Steve kind of Rogers. a Bizarro. Yeah, you know, right? a, a Steve, because, Steve Rogers because, because he meets a demise that's like, I mean, and it's, him flying the experimental uh, aircraft did not work very, out well. Yeah, <laughs> did not work out well for him. Well, it didn't work out well for for Steve Rogers either. So. He still lived, <laughs> and he still, you know. Uh, but they, uh, which was the other part, uh, I was a little worried that Steve Trevor would come out come off as just Steve Rogers light that a lot of this would the lot of the film everyone is like making comparisons to uh, the first Avenger and I think that's really surfacy uh, there are actually again there are things that in this film that I think compared like I said that the same way uh, the Thor film did certain things better than this but it did better by the way I we think had that a discussion they did, about they that did, hold on, they, okay. they did in this film that little getting to know Trevor's group and those characters yeah, we'll get into that later and I felt that that was what was missing from Captain America the First Avenger. Oh, yeah. I don't think we got to know those Howling Commandos all that well. Here, they did it. uh, Each character, they set them up very well. Were they huge characters? Were they super well-defined? I wouldn't say so, but they were really serviceable. They were really well, and they added flavor to the story. Um, even with like simple like real world reactions, Mm. where, you know, like it's like, oh, hey, uh, so with Samir, he's like, like, you're telling me that there's an island. (laughs) <laughs> For the women. All women. And they look no like men. her. <laughs> and they're all just like her. <laughs> when are we going? When, when are we going to see them? Uh, uh, they, were, they, they, were, they were really, they were nice and well-defined. And, I, I and also, again, Trevor, that's what I'm saying. Tre- I was worried he would be like, oh, this is going to be just come out like Captain America Light. And instead, it was its own thing. He was his own character. He was just as earnest. That he, he was won, just won, as won, earnest as Steve Rogers. But it was well. There's something. It was very, done in a different way. Something very underlying is that when they have the lasso on him, and and because he's a spy, right? And it's like, tell me, why are you here, and who are you? It's like, why, why, you know, why can't you tell us? I'm a spy. <laughs> All right, I'm a spy. Oh my god, you know, and that's that's partly with. Well, that's fine. Also, his his great his, his timing, the way his timing is. Yeah, but he, as, he, as he had character, now I've never known this about. I've never seen Trevor treated in this in, in this uh, in this particular way, where they make him a spy who's well, infiltrated the Well, I mean, he's had a military Army. intelligence background thing. Sure, sure. Oh, you know, through through the. But again, you're saying again, live action. We're seeing it. We're showing the potential of what that character can do, what it can be. Right. And they handled him well. And yet, the best part was he was good. He didn't overshadow her. No. He was he well, was the pure in the purest terms a supporting 
character. Let me just and that's let me just what bring back that, Let me just bring back the alleyway scene, which, by the way, an homage to Superman. Yeah, again, another right? homage to Superman. The there, catching yeah. of the bullet. Yeah. Instead, here it's bouncing off. Uh, bouncing b- off bouncing the, wrist, the bracelets. Yeah. But it ends with what? It ends with uh, uh, with Chris Pine, Steve Trevor. Punch and knocking right. out the, the the last one again. And he, and he shakes the fist. He shakes the fist. Ow, ow, ow. He gets that one last punch, but he's like, he shows you, oh, that's again. Like I said, they're they're they. You can't have him be too inept, right? And I was worried there would be too much dude, bro. I worried with you know I, and it, it pulled it off. Flying colors, supporting characters, full of uh, flying colors. Um, let's talk about some of the other uh, the supporting characters because really the the film starts out. Uh, mostly on Themyscira, and so what we get is, you know, the th- uh, the Amazonian supporting Con- Connie characters. Nielsen, Connie um, Nielsen as, as Hippolyta, right. the queen of the Amazons. The queen of the Amazons. They did that so that was great casting. She and we, we she brought we, a, she we brought a gravitas Niel- to we, the we've character. We've seen Connie Nielsen from Gladiator. If you haven't seen that right, movie, yeah. then go check your pulse. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 and and again, the great a good type for that character. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, they they established the the link I've always wanted that I think is important for uh you know in the same way like if you're going to do a Superman story you have to talk about Jonathan Kent and you have to talk about Jor El. I think that you can't do a Wonder Woman story without establishing the mother daughter bond and 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 you know with that we don't see that in action films. No. We don't see that in a lot of films. Period. We don't see a lot of. Here is the relationship and all that's fraught with it and all the things that people bring to it between mother and daughter. But I'll tell it's you who... It's rarer than we see things... People are all, go, always go on father quests in films. People rarely go on mother quests. But I kind of feel that her performance is over- overshadowed by, and I'm going to uh, list right now, Robin Wright, Claire Underwood. Yes. As overshadows any Amazon on this island. Uh, yes. She, I, you know, uh, Robin no. Wright plays General Antiope. She's, uh, she's, uh, Antiope is, uh, is, is the sister. Own? Yeah. She's a sister to Hippolyta, right? They've been raised together. Actually, they even show in the, uh, um, in the origin story of how yeah. they revolted against, uh, um, uh, against slavery. Gods, yes, against yeah. slavery. And it's the two of them on horseback in, in, right. a, in a painting, which is from the, the mythology, which yeah. is from the mythology. So you see that the bond of sisterhood is there. That's the other part, yes. And also that as sisters, it's pretty much them together raising this one, this one daughter, yes, who's is. the secret weapon, basically. She's Diana has two mommies. Diana is a Diana has two mommies. The, the, <laughs> perfect. But but yes, you're you're right, uh, and uh, she does a great job. The, the film itself does a great job. Uh, but it's just only just those two who know her true origin. Probably, yeah, right. I would say that that's like, probably. When are you going to? When are you going to tell her the truth? She right. can't know about it. Obviously, there's some sort of there's some sort of cover up going on because, like you know, I, I think All most the other girls I, are like. What's I think most going of the other. Here? I think most of the other people on the island are like, oh yeah, that's the God's killer sword. You know, what I mean, like again, there's are they are they gas gaslighting yeah. her? I don't know, but yeah, uh, she's she's really good. The film utilizes her well. I mean, she's in such. I mean, she's fifty-one, fifty-two, she's fifty-four. Fifty-four. I said to my wife, and she's, she's in 54. phenomenal shape. They really have her, and it, that's like when you see the Amazons going to action on the island. Oh, by the way, it's President Claire Underwood at this point, right? Uh, when you see <laughs> when you see the Amazons go on the island, you're like, yes, I'm in for it because they make you buy that. And which is the other part about the the film that's you know again we get into the context mm-hmm. cultural. Here is a film that presents a nice chunk of that film where it's mostly all women is the cast. The drama is about women. The drama and the origin. You know, it's, you know, our, our, what are you going to tell her? Uh, how are you going to train her? And, and you, know, also the you get a sense of... She becomes, of, wonder, quote unquote, Wonder Woman, 
um, also, uh, Antiope dies in this one because she doesn't survive the siege by, from the from the German yes, army. Yes, her 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 death so, is is used to spur uh, well the, plot, the, the, the tiara. Platform. And then yes, the we learned that that, that part of the tiara was and that this, actually this belonged is, to the greatest this to general, your, to her of aunt. Our, so that's why she wears the tiara. It's not necessarily a uh, a symbol of uh, her uh, royalty, although it might, being that she was the queen's sister, and instead becomes her tribute to right, her yeah, fallen mentor. Right. Uh, uh, they, uh, we had, as, as we said, there were some other characters, uh, but more important to the plot are the three villains that are in the film. So Danny Houston, we had uh, Danny Houston oh. as a, a, a German general, uh, Eric Ludendorff. Uh, there was uh, no, no stranger to playing gods, by the way, but no stranger to playing gods. He played uh, Neptune in that in the uh, Clash of the Titans movie. Clash of the Titans movies. Uh, uh, Elena uh, Anaya. Uh, can I say as, uh, about Elena Anaya? Elena Anaya was in a, a, one of my favorite movies uh, going a couple years back, uh, directed by Pedro Almodovar, uh, called The Skin I Live In. Uh, uh, Antonio Banderas was in it. Great, awesome yeah, she's movie. A, she's a phenomenal, Go watch and she's that a, movie. And she's a phenomenal okay, actress. It's one of those movies that's like, it plays out like a Hitchcock movie. And then uh, the last member of the uh, Evil Trinity David is David Thewlis plays... Uh, Sir Patrick Morgan, no, who then we learned that there's later on a reveal. No stranger to, actually, to the Harry Potter, um, to the yes, Harry Potter or franchise. magic and stuff. And this goes to, in terms of my impression, the cons I had about the film, which was, I don't think they handled the villains particularly well. I think that we were talking about the Donner influences, and we were talking on the car ride over. I had a sense that whenever the the doctor and the general are on screen that patty was like okay i get to i get to do something kind of like what gene hackman and 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 otis did in the in the donner films so they came very mustache twirly very over the top mm -hmm. sometimes but then in other scenes they weren't and it was kind of a little like not grating but it was it was very like oh the, there's a tonal shift going on here now thankfully there wasn't a lot of them actually but that also was the problem i don't think they were developed as much and then I guess they couldn't reveal too much because well, there is well, that switcheroo. That's what this, the changeover of what we learned with the with the film is the big arc of Diana's arc in the film is essentially that she's been told her whole life this one story about how the gods disappear yeah. and she hears about the war and so she wants to go and stop the war because she's convinced, well, this must be the work of Ares. And she's given this tale of the gods left us a, a, a gift something to strike back at Ares should he ever arise again and it's this this god killer and the god killer is a sword so Diana is convinced given the tales that she's been told since she was a child that we see her that well someone's got to do something about the war obviously the war is being caused by Ares and that's in her yeah, cosmology you, you that's that how she believes that you, oh, there's only one way that this world war could be happening is if Ares is a part of it so I'm going to go out there I'm going to take the god killer the sword and I'm going to stop Ares and once that's done um, there'll be peace in the world again we'll restore things and everything will work out fine this is why I think now you don't like the word naive I think this is proper. I think the word naive is proper. Yeah, I think, again, the, I, the, I just because think that there's a connotation of certain, like, st there's a, oh, stupidity in there mixing that. And it, w naive is fine. You're absolutely, it's, mm. it is it is the sort of sense of she's been on that island. She doesn't know the outside world. And she has a certain, because they haven't told everything about her, her, her past and everything else, she has a certain view of heroism and how it's going to work. And it's a very simplified, straightforward thing. Oh, we we'll go we'll go out there, we find the bad guy, we we kill the bad guy, 
and it, this will get taken. Well, over. she even says in the um, in the early dialogue because they show her uh, at the beginning or the real beginning of the movie, which is she's <laughs> she's a weapons curator at the Louvre. Yes, and yes. she says like even then, like I didn't want to. Um, uh, there was a point in my there was a point where I didn't want to care about. Right, um, humanity which again, anymore. there's the, there's this. Uh, some people said, "Oh, was there a retcon going on for Batman v Superman?" I think there's so many wide open spaces within this DC universe right now. It's four films deep mm-hmm. that you can say whatever. They're like, "Well, if she said she walked away from humanity to Batman v Superman, but it doesn't seem like she walked away." It's like, look, there are other films. The next film could have tons of flashbacks to a point where she she is that you maybe the, she's in the eighties. Who knows? <laughs> there, there can look. The other film could take totally oh within the God. realm of the gods. I just. For all we know, for all we know, the next film could be she, she her have, trying to go back to Themyscira. We could see a movie where she put the kibosh on the whole entire Cold War. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm saying that there is a there you, there you could be whatever. Right. And uh, over, I mean, overall, I think that the use of the villains was serviceable. I think that they could have had a little more meat on them. There was it was good that they they had the whole. Her choice, her her morals being played when she was presented with and being able to so, kill Poison, who Poison was the one of those two characters that they put a little more meat on those bones. Now, from the last show, and then finally, of course, the big thing is the reveal that Ares was yeah not responsible for World War One. That it was not a case of it was the simple story that she thought it was. Wait a minute, I I I should have killed I I killed what she thought was the villain. This should have ended, and then it's revealed. It's like I'm not. Uh, no, this is all comes from the heart of man, which, as much as everyone is saying, and this is very important, everyone's saying, well, oh, this Wonder Woman was a real turn from the, the stuff that they went before in the DCEU. And you know what? I'm sorry. That, the fact that the arc of Diana's character is one of naive idealism that gets smacked upside the head by real- the reality stick, I think is very much in keeping with... Batman v Superman and keeping with Man of Steel it's very much saying here are these idealized characters we have but oh the, the, the twi- really the really killing not just killing Batman but the killing. fact that again with Superman right. with Man of Steel it was all about like oh, oh why couldn't he save his dad it's like because doing the right thing is very complicated it's not simple mm. taking taking into account your effects on the world all these other things blah 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 that was all that threading the needle stuff that was in Man of Steel and here it's sort of the same thing. It's saying, well, she had a naive view, but does that then mean that everything is thrown out? Because she has this whole part where she is, where she's mad at Trevor, where she's like, no, it's you, it's you, it's men, it's mankind. You're, you're the, the ones that are corrupt. Right. You're the you're the issue. Blah 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 blah. So I like that it was saying, you know, and that Trevor's heroism in the film is is about opening her eyes. That where he says it's not. It's not about any one guy. It's not about any outside forces. These things are inside all of us. Maybe it's inside of me, too. Now, let, let me ask you. And though. I love that. And that's a complicated. That's not straightforward. That's not Silver Age simplicity. Now, and I, I, that's what I read. Another thing I really appreciate about now, the show. Now, now let me she ask got you, challenged the, in her we, view. Now, last show, um, we were, I mentioned um, Dr. Poison. Now, I wasn't familiar with Dr. Poison. Because Who is? Well, see, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and this is the kind of the, the troubling aspect of Wonder Woman, is that because she's had so many retcons and reboots of her origin. I mean, for Pete's sake, how many, and I said this in the car, how many reboots and retcons of Donna Troy, which again, she should have been in this movie, did, do we get in the, in, in the DC universe, right? Way too many. 
and this is problematic and this is why Donna um, Troy's origin in itself is problematic it's one big mess yeah right? it's probably what and uh, one, 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 one I also consider to some extent a, a, a kind of a mess also which is why um, someone like Dr. Uh, Dr. Poison and I ha- as I'm looking up uh, doing the research I'm looking at the photos oh I well, remember this her is, this is the other thing about the, about the film is that um, it's interesting that they went with um, Ares, but as a shadow, really present through most of the film. Yeah. So it's not like he's really like a big part of the plot per se. And then taking Doctor Poison, and I I don't know if the general character was a was a old time enemy or not, but it's an it's an old time it, enemy from the it, Golden Age. It is okay. Yeah. And now this is the thing. Okay, Ares, big big presence in the Wonder Woman mythology, no doubt, especially post mm. uh, uh, the per- Perez's version, but. Okay, these other two characters, uh, not so much. So here they started out with not going with her two biggest enemies, which as big as Ares oh, is. Cheetah. To me, her for me, her Luthor Joker, her Razal Ghoul, uh, Brainiac has always been Cheetah is the mm. is the Luthor, and Cersei <coughs> is Shelley the Brainiac. Theron. I think Sharon absolutely should be so, uh, Cersei. Cheetah, Cersei, Cheetah, Cersei, Cheetah, Cersei. Cheetah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, and, and you know, so the film is you know left is at a place where it could be open up to anything. It could go into the gods. Her next adventure could be getting the getting the gods back. That's how you get Cersei and that mythology involved. It could be something else. Well, the film we is see, incredibly, incredibly solid. We we do see Themyscira back in Justice League. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to get siege of of the new gods. We're going to see some sort of either the in the past. Forces. We're going to see the Amazon forces. Right. We may even see because there's the That's thing. That's going to be the destruction. Some of, the of those right uh, some of those Amazons who are in uh, the modern day uh, set. Well, not the modern day. The 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 World War One setting of uh, Wonder Woman will also be appearing in the Justice League film. So for all we know, that could be the film where she gets to go back home. I you believe, know what I mean? I, believe I don't, that I don't home know. Home is going to be destroyed. Um, in any in any right. case, it's the the film leaves you in a good place with the character. It sets you off like ah, uh, we could do stories in the past. We could do stories in the present. Do you feel? By the way, do you feel that uh, they're going to have an like sort of a similar treatment to what they had on the Asgardian gods, which is like war from where you come from? From where I don't. I, from, I you know what? I, science I and science. They and didn't magic notice that the they same. didn't bother with that. I know they didn't bother with that in this film, and it didn't affect one single thing. Because again, even if you were to say, no, the the Olympian gods are really some sort of high tech, higher beings we just don't understand. If you never go through any, if you never take the time out to explain the specifics of these sort of pseudo scientific underpinnings of things anyway, it might as well be magic. If he's waving his hands and stuff is moving, it's like uh, that's magic. He's using godly magic to move stuff around. Speaking, of I don't that, need to hear that he's manipulating gravitons or whatever. Speaking of magic, um, my pet peeve. We we know that in the DC universe, Wonder Woman has flight. That's because of the boots that she gets. At the ending of this movie, she takes a big. She can leave. She takes. A well, big no, leap. no. The flight thing has been on. Let's think a couple of things. The the flight thing's been an on and off thing throughout her entirety. Of her, not the golden age though. Yeah, she didn't have flight. She in the didn't golden have age. a golden age, but she, she didn't have it in this she, silver uh, age. They she did. A a, sometimes she could she could waft on air currents, but that came and went too. It isn't until Perez decides to get rid of the jet. Once the invisible plane is out of the picture, mm. he's like, "Well, she needs some way to get around." Plus, there is always this sort of like, you don't want to make her just a copy of Superman, but there is this sort of like, yeah, shouldn't she have certain parity with Superman and flight? 
became sort of that. But even that, since the Perez days, has come and gone sometimes. You know, she had it in the Justice League cartoon. She didn't have it in the 2009 uh, direct to video. Was that a real? Uh, that, that was a realization where when she um, when she's about to enter into the Tower to steal the God Killer, mm-hmm. and she realizes, wait a minute, I can, I can dig my hands. Into, I think. Into I, these well, walls. I think I think that there's a there's a chance that there there have been limits to what she was and was not allowed to do. So you get a sense that she doesn't know the full extent of everything of, of her strength, of her power, of ability. We know that from the whole crossing the bracelets thing but i think also there's that moment i don't think she's was allowed to really go all out and and as thus that's why she didn't know she could take on aries to begin with um but again the film i think the film is incredibly solid now another con i would have and we talked about this on the way was the fact that as solid as it is and i says as much as i don't necessarily think it reaches the height of the hype it's really good I also think that there's something about the film in which it is somewhat on the formulaic side. It's a safe film. It doesn't necessarily do a lot of things that are crazy. Now, even as much as of a chance of it to say, hey, let's make the first female-centric superhero film. What what, what would have been not the safe thing to do? I think there's some, as much as there were nice complexities in terms of the characterization and the plot and the themes... I think if you had added in some more complexity, I think that, again, these may be just things I wish had been addressed. I think that they, they didn't, and this might, this one might come off as silly. They didn't quite give you the idea of what this sexuality situation was on the, on the island. (laughs) I mean, I mean, no, no, there's a woman, there's a woman who uh, runs to Antiope when she's killed. Yeah. And I'm sorry, my assumption is that that's her lover. I, again, just the way it was done. It was, they, you notice that is definitely who they concentrated on were Hippolyta, who was her sister, Diana, who was her protege, and then this woman comes, you know, you know and it's well, like, well, well again, I think that obviously well, right. there's... Well, well, again, that's that's Not the, that I'm saying that it's not necessary, but I'm saying, like, if they had decided to go that route, oh, if you want to be edgy right. with the character, Wonder Woman's the character to do which, that Which would have been in line with now, granted, how they, she is in the DC universe now. Because where it's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. It's ambiguous, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So they didn't, they didn't, I, I think that they... That's an excellent I think part, that the, they, I think that all in all, a lot of the choices in the film were designed to be reactions to what happened with Batman v Superman and what happened with Suicide Squad. Maybe not even Man of Steel. It may have been, because I put this more in line with, like I said, it felt much more in line with Man of Steel than maybe Batman v Superman for me. And because it was a standard origin film, mm. like I said, they didn't... And they, again, they took a lot of, like, ah, oh, well, we're not sure how the audience is going to react to the gods, so we'll have god powers and stuff. Right. We'll have a god here, but we're kind of going to take the gods off the table. I'm saying that there were just certain things that felt like they were, like, they were hedging their bets smartly. It paid off. This is a film that could be widely embraced. They weren't going to do anything in this film that was going to rock the boat, uh, displease any fans, displease any critics. And again, I'm not saying that that makes it a bad film. I'm just saying that that is something to be considered when you watch it. You go, and maybe why I I consider it to be kind of like solid, not super spectacular. Satisfying and to see Wonder Woman realize on screen and realize as fully as it was. But maybe you had a feeling maybe they're holding back this could have gone down this road it could have gone down that road or we could have had this element 
the safeness is on is just a ever present thing to me as I watched. I was going like, ah, okay, I yeah, that's I see why they're doing that. I see why they're doing that. I see why they're doing that. I mean, like you know, they had to have her consummate, um, the 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 lo- with the love interest. I see that, that which was hinted. At, I don't which wasn't know whether necessarily that like, should have been necessary. I, but I think it, uh, here's the thing. I think because they never say anything about what's going on on the yeah, island. So they shut off the lights and then they have the next to then say, wake up. "Don't worry, boys and girls." It's uh, the, the, again. There are obvious, not recriminations. There are obvious. Well, what would be the word there? There, there, there are implications to the island full of women. <laughs> there just are. Okay, um, so it being the implication that they don't address it, they then have to be like, "See, folks, Wonder Woman is straight. She's going to bed with Steve Trevor. <laughs> don't worry." Like again, they did. They, they, I think that that might have been a big reason to have that. Even if there were probably arguments like, "We can't have Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor have sex," and says, "Do you want anyone, Do you no, want there to be that's ambiguity? A, that's a very about whether Wonder Woman, the 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 object, the, the sex fantasy of so many fans out there, is or is not." That, so let's. That, that's a great observation. Where you know about the riskiness in there, but at the same time, it's like, you know, because these, there's a lot of pressure mounting on this film. Yeah, you know, and I said, to, now I I in the car I misinterpreted what you're what you're saying. Um, now, now that you're as you're as you're ex- as you're explaining it, I have a really deep, deep under, deeper understanding of what you're trying to say here. Because what I was seeing in the car is that this is a very important. I consider this a very important event to millions and millions of little girls all around yes. the world, right? Someone or a, a little girl who is now now no longer a little girl. Uh, my wife. Uh, this was a this was a huge event. Um. And that says a lot. That a lot, says a lot to Well, we're to in the a pop theme, to, culture to moment where the superhero is ascendant. And, you know... The demographics are, are shifted. Demographics shifting, but, you know, it's the idea of representation. It does matter yeah. on a psychological... Because this is art, so it affects the human psyche. Mm. And, yeah, we're in, this, we're in the superhero film is ascendant, but so far they've all been male-led, you know, proceedings. Now and about- here is the the ultimate female superhero, literally the ultimate female superhero, and she's finally getting her day in the sun, and it's well received, and it's you know, it's it has a good, it's got a good narrative going. Uh, the female superhero film saved, you know, the DC Comics films. I understand all that. I'm just saying that when I was judging it, I had to judge it kind of away from all that and just as a film in and of itself are our international correspondents and friends of the show anna uh and so here we are uh at pancake studios and we have with us our international correspondent friend of the show anna stanimir grumo who's all the way from anisi france and i've asked her to watch wonder woman and of course to uh you know it had to be Destiny, right? I mean, all women should be watching this, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I think so. I definitely think so. Yeah, I do. Um, it's, for, it's forever changed my mind about Wonder Woman. In any case, I have to. I have really? to admit it. Really, she was not my favorite. She really was not. Well, yeah, favorite. I don't disagree. You know, because and I and I've said that, and I've said that to Miguel. I yeah, I read some Wonder Woman, but um, that and also Linda Carter was ubiquitous. If you were well, a kid, if you're a child growing up in the '80s in America, that was in syndication. 
right? Oh my God. And if you're a woman growing up in the eighties in America and you're watching Wonder Woman, she's like, you're, at least she was mine in any case, ideal. She's just this beautiful, fantastically charming, very graceful woman. So yeah, Linda Carter is kind of like the standard to live by. Right. And I, you know, until this day, I'll still, I, you know, like, I think she's, I've heard some other uh, podcasters say that she's exceptionally a gorgeous individual mm. and continues to, 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 to be till this day. Um, but now getting to the movie, here's the ultimate question. What did you think of the movie? So not being a Wonder Woman fan, I, you know, I was like, I was looking forward to it because it's one of the big movies of 2017, but I was like, you know, how are they going to treat this whole mythological era? I mean, every single mythological movie that has come out in the past where you're dealing with Greek mythology, it's always corny. It's always corny. It's great. You know, release the Kraken. And so you're expecting kind of like this, you know, kind of corny treatment of, you know, antiquities religion, basically. And so I went into it with, you know, expecting amazing fireworks, expecting amazing special effects, expecting amazing acting. Um, I love Chris Pine. I really do. I think he's a great Captain Kirk. And so I was like, ah, he'll be great in uh, Wonder Woman. Do you too. love Chris Pine or do you love Chris Pine? Is no, that I love Chris Pine. Okay. I do. I think he's, just, he's the right smart, not for me, but he's the right smart ass attitude that Captain Kirk needed. So I think that was really great casting. You know, just a sort of little shout out to one of my favorite series, which is Star Trek, one of my favorite franchises. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so I went into Wonder Woman thinking, okay, beautiful scenery, beautiful cinematography. Oh my God, Gal Gadot. I will not kick her out of my bed and I am, you know, not really leaning in that direction, but she's just, she's just gorgeous. She's this, this, my God. And what's really amazing about the casting is that you have um, this really beautiful, tall, amazing woman, but she is anything but frail. She's anything but like breakable in half. She's just, just power incarnate and you don't expect that you know from her so she plays really 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 well i think her acting i think her performance was just fantastic yeah i would not kick her out of my bed i really wouldn't and i don't lean in that direction so i have to say this is just one of those moments you're like wow you know boobies but no not just <laughs> or boobies, you know what? Obviously. In, in, boobies and intellect and beautiful hair and smart and you know, wise ass, great sense of humor and extreme honesty and really amazing performance. Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's take a serious symbol of feminism, of a feminine symbol, which is boobies. Right. Yeah. She very much uh, was a target or a backlash of the lack of. Right. You know, I mean, when when she was first casted, uh, the media or as I call the fan trolls had trouble with her physical appearance. She wasn't uh, muscular enough. She wasn't this enough. She, her, her bus size wasn't, wasn't Linda Carter's. She was a nobody, you know, like now, as a woman, I'm pretty sure that that's... It's offensive. Okay. It's offensive because honestly, uh, big boobies, small boobies will not give you more milk when you, t you know, and you got to feed your kids. So it really makes no difference the size of the thing. And it's not because you've got big boobies that you're more of a woman. And it doesn't matter that you're flat-chested, that you're less of a woman. It's one of those symbols of femininity that I kind of feel like, you know, we treat the wrong way and we can't... And I'll say it the same way for men. It's not that you have larger shoulders, that you're a bigger man or a larger man or a more p powerful man. Like, you know, 
to use shoulders as an example because I don't want to get into the discussions of other private parts, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's offensive. It's offensive to think that just because the size isn't what you expect it to be, that it's going to be less feminine. I had the opposite uh, reaction. I thought she was going to come across as frail. I thought she was going to come across as this thing that you can just break in half. And she doesn't. She really, truly doesn't. Then it's amazing. It's really, it, it's one of the things that I love about this movie is that completely changes your stereotypes of what strength is, of what femininity is, of what gracefulness is. Here's, here's a question. Did you feel that the performances, her femininity, the portrayal was forced, right? Because this is Wonder Woman. It's very special. In, in a sea of sausages, DC goes, okay, we have one of the greatest, if not the greatest comic book figure uh, known worldwide. Um, and not just that, but also um, a, a feminist figure. Did, did you feel that they were inserting her, that it didn't feel organic, that it was just very much shoehorned in into the trope, into the, um, the superhero genre, um, into, oh, you know what? We're just going to make a blockbuster. And here we go. Everything's formulaic. We're just going to put her in. Did you feel any not, of that? Not for one second. And this is where I come back to the way that the whole movie is constructed. And I think it's brilliant. Is that here you have a race of women that are created to basically save humankind against Ares, who is the, the god of war who's left behind once Zeus basically gets uh, demolished. And no one thinks that he's gone, even though there's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years since he's shown up, maybe even thousands for that matter, as much as the, 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 the Amazons can know. And so I find it extremely clever to introduce the, the role of a whole race that is being created to save humankind in the context of World War One, which was supposed to be the war that ends all wars. So let's get into that about um, Themyscira, also known as yeah. Paradise Island, right? So yeah. uh, it's a, as we know from the way it was structured in the movie, Themyscira was gifted to the, Am the Amazons um, as a result of they continue to honor the gods after the rebellion. Mm -hmm. um, they stay true to, to their beliefs. And yet here we have a race of women, especially on that, the scene with the boat where they're, they're heading to London, says straight up to Steve Trevor, well, straight up I see men as a, yes, as a necessity for procreation, but not, um, for, pleasure. But not for pleasure. Now, no, not and then she pleasure. brings up Cleo's 12 treaties on, on love and sexuality. I, I believe like I don't, I don't yeah. And so how, how, did you, how did you take that? Because it's, 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 it's a hint of like, you know what? Um, that's right. Um, we pleasure. We pleasure each other. We don't need men. Yeah. yeah. No, I found that a very nice, cool wink to a sort of uh, truth that kind of exists but is unspoken for many, 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 many years. The fact that it's a lost island in the middle of Greece, you know, is a definite, definite uh, sort of wink to Lesbos, which is the island where you have the famous poetess, where you have, you know, the sort of. Um, kind of woman-on-woman -woman love that, you know, and, and in antiquities, that's where stuff took place. So um, I really enjoyed it. I found it very clever. And it wasn't this whole, this whole kind of man-hatred thing, like, you know, uh, a nation of women. And by the way, what I think is very, very cool is that they're all colors, all races, all sizes, all shapes. Everything lives on that island. You know, they're not all these, like, 
huge, you know, model types that, you know, basically weigh nothing and eat nothing. You've got, you've got a great representation of what the female race is actually made of, a great diversification. And I really enjoyed that portion of the movie. I found it very smart. You know, again, I was weary going into this expecting all the Amazons to be like, you know, these fantastic, gorgeous, tall looking model likes, and they're not. And I found that very, very endearing and very, very cool. You know, you've got the woman who's a little hefty. You've got the black, you know, all the races, all the colors, uh, all the shapes, all the sizes. It was brilliant. Really, really brilliant. Good. Well done, Hollywood, for a change. And, you know, that's something that I think is very important to cite is that um, already, like, I, I was talking to Miguel earlier. Um, there was an incident when the movie came first came out. There was, uh, they had... Uh, arrange for this one theater to have an all-girls night viewing of Wonder Woman. Mm. And there's this one guy, this one troll, who decided, you know what, I'm just going to go and buy a ticket. And as a result, I think there was a lot of controversy uh, about that guy. And he's just like, listen, you know, I, 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 respect, uh, I respect you women for, for uh, wanting to have an all-girls night um, at the theater. Um, but this is, you know, like at the same time, he was really like, I really didn't know where it was coming from, where he felt the need to, you know, I'm just going to go and piss people off. And so, yeah, and yeah, what I'm trying to get at is that there's this constant double standard. It's like, hey, you know, um, uh, that's not cool. You have an island of women, uh, women lesbians, you know, meanwhile, we forget that. Um, centuries ago, Greeks were you know, the, the, homosexual, the homosexual relationship was, was, very, not, yeah. was very common. You know, yeah. uh, they don't really mention that in. Uh, and it's oddly, oddly enough, I believe it's Zack Snyder also um, when he did Three Hundred. Uh, well, not only that, but I think that the whole Greek culture has a very interesting message that they pass, which is there's a difference between love and uh, sort of sexuality. Um, sexuality. And love uh, can take place between any number of people, whether it's men with men, men with women, women with women. And you can have love take place between, um, you know, in a marriage, there's a sort of marital type of love and respect that a couple has. But that doesn't mean that the man is exclusively um, faithful, or I should say, um, not faithful, what's the word, when you only are with one person? Uh, well, Monog I mean, monogamous. Mono monogamous, right, right. yeah. So, you know, monogamy and love is, is, is got a whole different, you know, uh, definition in, in Greek antiquity culture. And I find that definition very refreshing because it's very close to what I think perhaps a sort of utopic uh, land would be. Mm -hmm. You know, where, where y you, know, you kind of have to start making a difference between, hey, I just want to boink her. And, hey, I want to spend the rest of my life with, with him or her. Mm. And I think that's very, very interesting. And it's very, very intellectual. And I like that approach. And one of the things that I love about this movie is that even though it's an island of women, at no point do you get the feeling that they hate men. You really don't. I mean, well, you, of you course know, not, they're not used to... Right. They're not used to seeing them. Right. They've, they've, uh, for, for that matter, you know, Gal Gadot or Wonder Woman or Diana hasn't seen a man in her whole life. But that's not really her fault. I mean, she's just the only kid who ever grew up on the island. But all the other women are just like, you know, this is just my choice, and it's not against you. It's not because I hate you. It's not because I find you, uh, you know, useless. It's just that whatever. This is my choice, and I find that very refreshing. I thought that was very, very clever. It's not about hating men. It's about liking something else. <laughs> now, given that you are um, 
our foreign foreign correspondent and international uh, a woman of mystery. Uh, <laughs> what is the feeling overseas on on these properties, um, and more so with Wonder Woman? Um, I'm pretty sure it's it looks it look, sounds like in, in this, it's doing well internationally. Um, did, were you able to get a feel of of what the audience? Um, felt when as you were coming out of the theater? Excitement. Just really? pure okay. excitement, pure excitement, pure pleasure, really great entertainment. You know, you actually hear them go, oh, at one point in the movie when she like starting to, she's starting to run with Steve and the rest of the group in order to get, sort of stop the, the Germans from attacking the small town. Mm. And at one point he says, you know, shield and she climbs on the shield and she gets onto the watchtower, the, the top of the, the, the church tower and she outs the sniper. And everybody just at that point in the whole theater was like, oh, and it was great. It was really great. It's, no. I honestly don't think that, you know, these, yeah, we, we didn't have much of these like sexual comments or other comments. It was just like, it's, it, that's cool. That's great. That's, you know, she holds her own. And this is not, this is not about men and women. This is more about good and bad justice. But what about and, a, before a place like France where, you know, because it's France's, um, uh, has had its film history. And as to some in America, you know, there's the the stereotype that oh, you know, the French are very uh, they're the film snobs, right? Because you know, uh, um, or if not the Italians, Europeans just generally, you know, well, you know, they uh, they uh, they're they're just a bunch of film snobs because they have their uh, well, I feel rich um, history going back to uh, Federico Fellini and mm -hmm. um, uh, and. and uh, other uh, other foreign filmmakers um, from overseas. How do you feel the treatment of the explosion uh, with the comic book movie genre is overseas and how it's being received? I mean, or is there a lot of low browing, low low low, low browing with uh, with I, what's I, going on in that? No, I think I think in the beginning it was just like, oh, it's stupid comic book. Okay. So at the very beginning, I think it was just like it wasn't taken seriously at all. And then there was some great quality films that came out in the genre that kind of made everybody turn their 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 thought process around. Mm. I think that the trilogy for the Batman trilogy, obviously, that Chris Nolan did a, a lot of favor to everything that's comic book because it's extremely well. Um, um, uh, produced extremely well made uh, very very clever lots of quick little winks to everybody right and left and so I think Chris Nolan I think X-Men completely changed the vision of comic books as well because again X-Men stories and particularly Logan this year had oh like God, this yeah. huge huge yeah. you know reception and so you don't have to you know and I think that the, 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 the movie genre in itself, because when it's well done, it could make people look at it as A, as an art form, B, as a great expression, three, as a rather subtle at times and sometimes right smack in your face, you know, sending messages of what things should be done, how they should be done, you know, the, the sort of um, constant fight of the sexes or the constant fight of the races, you know, all of those, you know, really, really cool ways of treating differences that you find so very obvious in, in, in comic book genres um, has, I think, completely changed people's vision of what a comic book movie can be. Mm. Um, and again, when it's artfully done, when it's well done, it becomes art. And that's the case for Wonder Woman. It's the case for um, a lot of the new comic book movies where I find like Hollywood for a change is taking this seriously. And it's not just about, you know, 
yellow tights and <laughs> spikes. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's brilliant. I think that's really brilliant and I think that's great. So I think it's changing. I don't think that it always was like this. I think that there was definitely a snobbish moment where, uh, you know, stupid. And I think it's changed a lot. How yeah. do you think um, your girls, uh, you, are, um, you have two stepdaughters. Mm -hmm. um, what are their ages again for the show? Fourteen and ten. Fourteen and ten. Um, now I forget very often that um, they're not American, uh, even though I know for a fact that one of them listens to to K-pop. K-pop, you know, and which I think is I'm tickled pink to uh, the fact that they, they they listen to that stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I forget that they're not American. Uh, how do you think they're going to receive it? Um, because I don't. Um, I think. You know, Lynn, as I said earlier, Linda Carter was ubiquitous when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I don't think that that's necessarily the case in France. So I can't speak for all French children, but I know that my girls. I'm I'm one of those people who basically takes them through the entire movie history. So I'm one of those people who showed them the Wrath of Khan to see Star Trek. Nice. I showed them. You are all a of, good mother. You are. I am a good mother. Yeah, and I actually showed them the old Godzilla, the one in black and white hey. in the 1950s. <laughs> and I went through all of the you know Bella Lugosi you know uh, films. Really? I wow. I did. <laughs> and so when it comes to comic books, I took them through the first Batman, the one you know. In the 1980s, 1989 to be precise, so with Prince, um, and I showed them the whole Batman series. I've then taken them through all of the X-Men. Uh, I've taken them what? through. I did. They've seen. They've seen it all. <laughs> so in this house, it's about you know. And there's a test at the end. You know, so you gotta get the answers right. Now I think my girls have been a, a bit too Americanized, perhaps, but they love it. They do. We sit and we talk about the messages a lot. Mm. I really try to get them to think about analyzing you know the sort of underlying you know subjects and themes that every single movie tries to pass out and obviously some more artfully than others right you know and um yeah i don't think that i don't think that comic book fi films should be taken lightly i think that it's an art form like all the others i think that when done correctly um it makes you understand that and i think that we're at a point in history where comics have never been as appreciated as as now yeah well said and uh you know it, what it used to be a subculture and it's not anymore it's and we gotta anymore. start thinking yeah, it's huge. not anymore it's huge huge um well <clears throat> uh anna i thank you very much for um for giving us your two cents i really appreciate that um we have i have a huge bone to pick though yes Can i have my huge bone to pick yes because i have a really huge bone to pick all right um again the way that the mythology was treated in this sh this movie was fantastic and it was brilliant but the bone to pick is with the fact that aries is wielding uh thunder which is i'm sorry it's a detail and it's killing me thunder is the thing that his father used to do he's the god of thunder he's the god of the skies the uh -huh. fact that Ares is taking over that power and is basically generating the same kind of, um, you know, manipulation of, uh, of an element that, that is not his to begin with bothers me. And this is one of those fantabulous moments in Hollywood where they're just like, well, well, we'll let them have a thunder fight. Seriously? <laughs> well, you know, that was, you'll, you'll hear from the show, like, we, our issues that we had with the ending, you know, because it, yeah. as, as great as the movie was, it's still an imperfect movie, you know? Yeah. And it suffers, um, again, you'll hear it from um, when, when this show gets out. Um, it suffers from what a lot of uh, comic book movies suffer from, uh, at least in this day and age, Marvel movies in particular. 
uh, are because of the villains. The villains yeah. are... Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like... The, it, it just happens to be that Civil War... I mean, in my opinion, Civil War is the one su movie that, that, that really is superior to all in terms of the, the, the arc and the story. Why? And it happens to be... And it's unfortunate that... Your two greatest villains are, 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 are when the heroes fight each other, you know? Yeah, That's, that is yeah. terrible. Mm -hmm. But I did say that, um, that he, in this case, with Wonder Woman... And I have a second bone to pick. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Because I, I kind of saw this coming. No, but to go in the right, you know, the villain that you, that you place in the movie, you know, the minute that... I don't know what his name is. I'm sorry. It escapes me. The minute the guy goes, I want peace, I'm here to, oh, to Peter coordinate Thulis. peace. Peter Th uh, right. I'm David Thulis, who plays Ares. Right. So the minute in the movie he says, I'm here to coordinate, you know, uh, ceasefire and to work for peace. And that's really t relatively early in the movie. You're like, you're Aries. You're Aries. I mean, I'm sorry. I saw it coming 5,000 miles away. <laughs> and so at the end of the movie, when he takes off his, you know, whatever, and he comes in his big old, you know, suit and armor and whatever, you know, like, like you saw this coming. I mean, seriously, the only guy who's going to ask for peace, you know, when he knows specifically that it's just impossible is going to be Aries. He's your troublemaker. So there's just moments like that. It's just, a, it's just sad because when you see them coming 5,000 miles away, you're just kind of waiting for the end. Right. You know? Yeah. No, right. And, and there's, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't have to be like that. And I'll give you an example. Batman, the third movie, you're kind of expecting Ra's al Ghul's, Ghul's son, not daughter. For those of us <laughs> who are ignorant and who haven't read all of his comic books, you're not expecting you know, Marion Cotillard to be <laughs> daughter. So there you go. That, uh, those are my two big bones to pick. All right. All right. Well, um, Anna, thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, uh, we miss you. And uh, we're going to be doing more of what uh, this is the first installment of the road to justice. Um, uh -huh. Hopefully we're going to have, we're going to basically going to go through all of the heroes uh, up yep. until November when you have Justice League. So yep. you know, we'll, we'll definitely uh, f uh, fill you in and, and hopefully... There's an Aquaman movie coming out in there 2018. Is. And I know you're going to want to put your two cents on that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, you know, Khal Drogo fan, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you very much. And um, uh, I, hope you, I hope you enjoy it a second time with your children and, sure uh, and your husband. And, yeah, go um, see it, guys. You're gonna love it. You really will. It's well done. It's very clever. It's yeah. it's it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, give our best to uh, to everyone back at home. Cheers. And so that was, uh, uh, yeah, that was the Anna. international perspective. And thank you, Anna, and for thank that you, comment. Anna. All right. Uh, wrapping wrapping up our our our, our thoughts. Films here. People were satisfied. You were satisfied. Uh, it delivered with some great action. Again, that No Man's Land scene is freaking amazing. Uh, uh, the Amazons look great. Uh, whatever. No Man's Land. <laughs> I finally get it. <laughs> uh, <sighs> see what I've got to work with here, people. Uh, now, how, how does this make you feel about the DC films going forward, the next film, Justice League? You know, uh, that kind of stuff. How, uh, first of all, did it, did it make you excited to see Justice League? Because i got to tell you, this was... This film's success was great for Justice League. Because I think people are excited to see her. I think they were excited to, from Batman v Superman already. They've seen her story now. She seems to be embraced. And now it's like, oh, we don't... It's just the summer. I mean, we've seen this film. It's out in June. November comes Justice League. Oh, we're people are going to go want to see her in Justice League. A lot of the stuff that's been released, like the trailer, 
and then of course this film uh it's slowly creeping up on me and uh, in terms of the excitement of what to expect for justice league um justice league which i've had my reservations because i don't like i i've said to myself i don't know how they're going to tell a tale um with you have all these big characters i mean we're in this room here and and i feel like i'm competing with miguel Ham most of the time right so how do how do you have a film where superman batman you know, Wonder you know Woman, what you got to do ed you got to do what they did in the justice league film you've got to kill me <laughs> I, all, because, I kill you with, because compared to Superman, they're all just swimming in his wake. Dad bod can easily kill with just with <laughs> enough just about a dad bod. You're, but uh, <laughs> but it makes yeah. you it makes you excited for Justice League. And what do you think? Yeah, um, no, and at this at this point, wow, you know, like it's just excitement, complete excitement and anticipation. Now that's just to say, I'm also nervous because of some of the stuff that has occurred. Uh, during production, Zack Snyder leaving the production, right, okay. um, Joss Whedon uh, taking over. The fact that it's still Warner Brothers, a, a Warner Brothers property that we have the issue with right? these certain. So I mean, I think Warner Brothers got very, um, they're very fortunate. I'm not going to say lucky that they got Patty J, someone like Patty Jenkins, to run the show on this particular. Now, I'm very interested to see what uh, if they were to give someone like Patty a little bit more responsibility in terms of uh, being part of the. The, the the DC uh, Cinematic Universe brain trust. See, I think that she. I uh, I just want an, I want her to pump out one other Wonder Woman movie, and she will. I I, I yeah I, you know, but I mean like right. that. I don't want her to necessarily lose the concentration. I don't want it to be like okay, Patty. Now that said, would I want a Wonder Woman movie to? What's an interesting thing about this film that was that Jenkins accomplished was there is very little connective tissue to the other films. Yeah. There's the beginning part in the present day where we see the picture which got introduced in Batman v Superman, Wayne, we okay, that's your not but Bruce other than the that there's no there, right? she doesn't meet Bruce Wayne's great-great-grandfather or anything like that. She there's no insertion of any of the story topics that are going to be covered in Justice League. There's no talking about mother boxes or anything like that or the new gods or something like that. Um so I I would want Jenkins next film to just concentrate on be a Wonder Woman film. Be a, concentrate on another kick-ass Wonder Woman film really settle into the world what this is bring out the more outlandish concepts uh, and, uh and, and, what do you mean by that and i get very nervous when well the, I, again more of the gods more of the mythology okay stuff, all right more of the magic based things oh those gods not the new gods yeah i i would want that you know, but you know you never know i mean wonder woman might be the place where you start to go into those depths like okay where you wonder mer- woman here are the gods you, you pull a where, thor it's like you know. It's like you know. Yeah, that's your gateway drug to the more cosmic stuff, maybe, right. you know, or at least the more magical stuff. Again, at least the new gods, the apocalypse, new genesis stuff. But uh, you know, it could be it could be a film with her fighting classic Greek uh, mythology characters, the Medusa, or you know, have her fight her Heracles. Call him Heracles instead of Hercules. Whatever. See, I get I get kind of nervous when uh, whenever they bring um, gods of mythology into film. And then play it out into a comic book epic, right? Because we've seen what, um, what's that Sam Worthington like, you know, that, that, yeah, that, the Clash of the Titans, the Clash yeah. of the Titans, you know, like so I disappointed still don't with think that. that anything, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the problem with, with the, with, with that story element. 
I just how you how you how you pull it off. How, I mean, and then uh, of right course, now, the American Gods, Egypt, the Gods getting, of Egypt movie. Wait, 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 yeah, but there's there are ways to do it that it could be done well. Sure, and there are ways to do it that it could, it could it could suck. Um, plus, you've also got her non mythological stuff. I mean, like again, you could. Uh, while Cersei is very mythological based, you could do something with her as a supervillain. You can do Cheetah. You've got Doctor Psycho, which, by the way, Peter Gink. If there's ever a role for or Peter Dr. Dinklage, Psycho. <laughs> it's Doctor Psycho. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, dude, Peter Dinklage as a um, a a man with psychic powers, who's a ultra misogynist. That sounds great. <laughs> he could do something with that. A re- you could you could write something really meaty and really well done with with that. Uh, so the the, the 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 potentials are I, uh, the potentials there for the movies going forward. I think this film shows shows how how but, it can be. Yeah. But let me ask you though, like as um, I'm going to consider you a DC historian of sorts. Okay. Right? What are can you on top of your head two of her biggest stories? Uh, so story arcs. I think the uh, I think the the that we can uh, probably reference as uh, source materials for for ongoing movies. There's there's the first arc, which kind of this was an a, a semi adaptation of, which is her uh, thwarting Ares. Um, again, they're very difficult. It's very difficult to. It, cite. It, uh, there's the there's the Rucka run, uh, where they have sort of like this new take on the gods. And uh, she gets blinded. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. There, that's one. Yes. But see, uh, again, but that, that, there, there again, like, there's. Can you adapt that to a film? It's. Yeah, uh, I, know. It's, I it's think kinda, that this is where I think Donna comes in. Donna's very huge to her mythology. Yeah, you know? Don, but see, Donna Troy adds in, the, like you said, all these wrinkles of continuity. They go, okay, we're going to okay. This is an opportunity to 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 simplify all of that. You maybe, know? maybe, maybe. I, I have a feeling the sidekick stuff is going to be a lot more simplified than we they, like. They'll just cherry pick and there will be your titans or whatever. Um, but uh, the film ends in a way that I think we're we're both really satisfied. We're going forward and we're happy how it was realized. And it it similar to the Thor film, it had a hurdle that it had to pass. Mm. It had multiple hurdles, just like the Thor film, and passed each one of those that it needed to. And the stuff that I felt was, even both of us that felt were like, ah, it was not as good as it could have been. Even that wasn't horrible. It was just like, ah, uh, that could have been. Well, you know, it's like they, they weren't. Like I said, my complaint about the villains uh-oh. is, let's not. Don't get it twisted. I, they weren't uh, Jamie Fox in Spider-Man: Amazing Spider-Man. No, 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 no. There was not anything like <laughs> no, that. No, no. It was nothing not like at that at all. But okay? you know, but I, I do. I let, let me tell you, I had to chuckle. And I was in the theater. You can ask my wife about this. She's bounded by Ares, right? And she's she, she's as she's watching um, the the experimental uh, um, uh, aircraft, Lingos, right? Yeah, with blow Trevor. up, which Steve Trevor inside, and she goes no, and just breaks out of that. I kind of ha- I kind of chuckled in that ending, right? You know, because it's like, oh, so it's love ultimately. Well, the, That's well the what did I tell weapon. you? The, the 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 film does have a lot of. It's cliches and tropes. Yeah. It's, it's, and meanwhile, it she didn't even have to cross her arms to uh, to, 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 to fight I against I think that Harris. that is an issue of, again, Jenkins maybe not having uh, as much experience with action as, say, like a Snyder. I think that there, again, that's some of the issues in the in the last finale. But it's still very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, can again. I say, can I say, we now we mold over, um, I, I hate returning to this, um, oh, a special shout out to Saig Tamawi. Psych Talk Maui yes, yes. and um, uh, Ewan, Ewan Bremer, who played 
uh, who um, who uh, who played Spud on Train Spotting. Okay. Yes. Yes. The, as the, um, as, and of as course, Charlie. Chief. I don't remember his name, but he ha- he he really has a Native American name. Uh, the, those yeah, three guys. Were, people were uh, th- they were as I said they were sort of the uh, they were his they they were Trevor's, Eugene Brave Rock yeah. was chief. And those three uh, they were, were better Howling Commandos, Commandos than the, oh my god than the Howling Commandos. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, they were. Uh, uh, but uh, just wrapping it up, uh, the film is successful. Uh, I-, I recommend it. I, I think it's it good. It's uh, you know uh, whatever differences me and Ed had here. You can see it wasn't like we were like having a shouting match of like no it was the greatest thing ever it was swine no no it was <laughs> it, it's it's I mean I, I it's I'll put it up there I think in ten years people will talk about it in the same way they talked about um, Superman the movie or uh, the Tim Burton Batman film yeah and I, as I, a landmark for that man. character that established her well people ask put me her all the time at this for point the, for the pop culture going forward at, at this point I've been asked like well how is it and I'm, I, I would say like. Yeah, this new gold standard. I'm, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm definitely putting, uh, putting this. I'm taking my uh, my niece, uh, Bella, to see it at some point. Uh, it's not. You can bring a kid to it. It's four quadranty. Oh, but Thunderstick has an air. <laughs> shut up. Uh, uh, it's four quadranty. It certainly still had the flavor from I think some of the previous DC essay. That's the whole thing. I don't think it really swerved from the DCEU flavor that much. Um, but I think it, m- the mass audience will find it and has found it much more digestible, mm. much more easy to go along with. And I think we're in agreement, I think on that. Um, so very happy to see Wonder Woman, very happy to see another, another piece of the Justice League puzzle come together. And we will be doing future, uh, breakdowns of some of the Justice League characters here. This case would happen to be, we had to cover Wonder Woman's movie because it was coming out. But uh, Flash does not have his movie just yet. Uh, Aquaman is filming his film right now. And Cyborg has a film in plan, but we don't know if that's going forward or not. But we will cover them along with Batman and along with Superman in special shows leading up to the release of Justice League in November. So please, please stick around for all that. Uh, we will hopefully in the future becoming uh, more proactive with our social media. Uh, I don't know what we have planned. Uh, we might have animated comedies coming up. Animated? Well, let me tell you. I'm just gonna say, like you know, Morty, we're having animated comedy. You know, like you know, I'm just gonna shoot you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will be covering uh, animated comedy at some point in the near future, uh, along with uh, some other shows. But uh, overall, uh, to be continued continues, and we hope that you all come and join us here next time. Uh, but until next time, I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez. Uh, Edward Hingier, hey, thanks for um, for catching up um, this show. Stay tuned for um, uh, our next ro- uh, Road to Justice, Batman. Okay, and um, also with us is Jonathan. As always, uh, and his lo- the largest of Pancake Studios. So until next time, to, to be, be continued. continued. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next time on Road to Justice. Really? Linda Carter is part Hispanic? Hell yeah, S.A.! And that thick, lustrous, dark hair and that, that bing-bam-boom she had going on. I mean, come on, man. 
My map says we just passed into Georgia, guys. Hey, did you ever, like me, have sexual thoughts about Wonder Woman? We were on the Super Friends? <laughs> nah, man! Back then I was with my first wife, Clarita, and she's Dominican. Hologram powers or not, Clarita would have chopped my nuts off just for looking at Wonder Woman the wrong way. Man, I hear that. Vanessa used to watch me like a hawk back in the day, though. All them super groupies hanging out around the Hall of Justice. Too much temptation. Dang, there's good people, though. Is it strange that I pleasured myself not to Wonder Woman, but to her look-alike sister, Donna Troy? Uh, I mean, she's of age, right? Uh, they were called the Teen Titans, though, BV. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, <laughs> clear your browser history, Chief. <laughs> Looks like you better clear that part of the history for now for sure, Chief! <laughs> Quick, have me my laptop. <laughs> I'm kidding, man, I'm kidding. It was just probably a few miles over the speed limit or something. Uh, I don't know. Did you hear me before? We are in Georgia. Apache Chief, El Dorado, Black Vulcan are gonna be stopped by cops in Georgia? Boy, can I see a license of registration, sir? See, I... <clears throat> I mean, yes, officer. You can see my license and registration, no problemo. I'm... problem. Tune in next time for the To Be Continued presents The Road to Justice. <laughs> <laughs>